you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, everyone. This is State of My Sports, and this is episode 128. Before we get into the big 7-0 matchup in state, um, Missouri, Michigan State, we're obviously going to unpack a couple games. we got the Goff-Stafford matchup and Michigan's win against Northwestern uh, that sealed the undefeated rivalry game here uh, this upcoming Saturday. We'll do our best to preview the Michigan-Michigan State matchup and point out the, the key matchups heading into the game and give our predictions as well. During our Betting Hero segment, we are going to make our picks against the spread, and of course, we will grade some Michigan beer from Siciliano's Market. If you are joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know in the comments and be part of the conversation. Uh, give us your your prediction, and, and uh, we got some questions up there for everybody to, to jump on board. Start out start out with letting us know what you guys are drinking tonight. We're about to let you guys know, so uh, do that. Before we jump in, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that keep, uh, help keep this thing rolling. And free for our listeners, the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Siciliano's Market helps us pick out our Michigan beers for each and every episode. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. Bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. Uh, so please check out all of our sponsors and, and let them know uh, that we sent you. I'm Sam Waldhart. With me today, we got Micah Smith and Ryan Waldhart. We're missing two, but um, you guys are probably used to that by now. I know that we are. Some some really co- crazy hey. things. So I didn't want to get into some Pistons and Red Wings first, um, but before we do that, I, there was some big stuff that happened nationally that I think are, are worth just kind of chatting about this for a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about? I want to start with the Penn State. Uh, was it Indiana or Illinois? Oh my god. The gosh. Penn State Illinois game. And Why don't we follow that, it up with his presser? His presser was bizarre I today. I heard that. That is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Wait, but is that game over? Did did that actually end? It did finally oh. end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. So the score has got to be in the twenties at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know if people saw that or not, but what was it nine overtimes? Nine overtimes for two points. For two points. So yeah. So for the people that I, this was news to me, the new, yeah, the same new, here. Uh, same. Uh, overtime rule. I knew they changed the rule. But I thought that they just went to – so, like, for the people that um, don't know what we're talking about. Basically, back in the day, last year, in previous years, it was – I think it was the third overtime. No, I think this is the second year they've been doing this. Is it really? With the two-point yeah. I thought this was the first, but I could be wrong. I, but, heard, I heard second year. But anyways, what they're doing now – or what they did was after touchdown number three, you had to start going for two to try to get one team to get two points and the other one wouldn't um, and to kind of prevent touchdowns and just field goals and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, but now they just basically go to uh, you know your old NHL shootout, and it's just two point conversion after two point conversion back and forth, Nuts. back At and opposite forth. Opposite ends of the field. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing is like so if you get to choose if you're gonna go first or second, 
you're obviously going to choose to go second. Well, then the other team's going to choose to go the direction they want to go. And it switches literally every single time. So, And is it from oh the five? I, no, it, I thought it was from the three. It's from the three, yeah. It's the standard okay. two-point uh, line there. But What do you guys think of that that way of doing it? It was fun to watch. I mean, if it was good, yeah, two drama, good, if tons it was two, of drama. If it was two good football teams, it would have been really fun. To tons watch. of drama. Right. It was but, just I've never <laughs> seen such bad play calls. Right, like, <laughs> there was no creativity. They're like, uh, no creativity. Dive to the right, dive to the left. Yeah. Execution's bad. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. I think there was a couple times that they did. Like it was just, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, but eventually, Illinois upset Penn State. And that's that's big, man. That was big, big for the Big Ten. Uh, it actually looks bad for the Big Ten. You don't want to see one of your top teams for sure go down to one of the bottom teams. Um, but I mean, yeah. And then the pre- press conference today. So obviously, the the rumors are swirling in in the Big Ten about if if any of our coaches are going to get poached to LSU, who's right. going to be replacing their coach. We talked about Mel Tucker's stuff last week. Um, but uh, James Franklin's a part of that conversation as well. He He's sure also is. been mentioned with USC. USC yeah, um, he fired his agent uh, two days ago, I think. What? And he hired and he he got on a board with a new agent who's known to be, uh, you know, the big guy that that gets all these deals for um, coaches. A lot of SEC coaches work on. And I wish I I wrote down his name at at, at work when I heard it and I forgot to. So what you're saying sheet. is he's probably gone. Basically, every, yeah, it's pointing in the direction of he's either going to work a new deal at Penn State or he's jumping ship. And, and the funny thing is is uh, he had a press conference today, and somebody asked him about the LSU job. And what, what was it exactly? I wish I had the quotes exactly what he said, but it was funny because he goes, uh, you know, I'm really just focused on, on the next game against Illinois this year, this week. Oh, yep. he did like say he's, that? He's oh, really yeah. focused on Illinois. And oh then later on, he was talking about, oh, well, it's really hard to go to the big house and, and, and win. So he oh mentioned the big house, and they're playing Ohio, Ohio State, State this week. Like, Holy cow. how focused are you, James Franklin? You he don't seem very focused. You sound, like, locked in. you sound like me trying to pull names out of my hat like, <laughs> on the podcast or something, like just saying the wrong stuff left and right. Coaches can't do that. The man's got nine toes out the door. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Wow. That was pretty eye-opening. Now, if I were LSU, I wouldn't want him. I think he's a good fit for more in in USC, um, personally, because he kind of has a little bit of that swagger, um, and that, I think that's how he's getting such good recruiting, good recruiting classes at Penn State. I think yeah, if there's something that, that he USC. can do is definitely recruit. Um, yeah. it, it's been bizarre, his lack of success with all of those recruits. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if – I don't know. He's, what, number one going into next year, right? Right yeah, now, yeah, 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 I believe he does. Have yeah, I mean, that just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen if you're like a one, like a fluke on the recruiting trail. So yeah. he's obviously con- uh, com- getting these commits, and I don't know, convincing them that he's the right coach. So he, he might be able to do the same thing out in the coaching market. Yeah. Now, not to take the the easy way out, but do you kind of look at that USC job thinking, you know, we could be one of the two lone wolves out there in the Pac-12, you know, with you and Oregon out there. I mean, maybe Chip Kelly and UCLA maybe poses a little bit of a threat, but other than that, I mean, James Franklin or Mel Tucker, I mean, Mel Tucker hasn't been linked to USC, but so we'll yeah. just say James Franklin for now. Yep. Wouldn't it be more appealing to kind of go out to USC? I would think like, so. Like, hey, you know, you can kind of take the bull by the horns out here and really run with this program. I think he would have a better shot of, of being, you know, the best team in the conference doing that. You yeah. know he's not going oh, go to go. He's not going to go to the SEC and be the best best team in the conference at no. least until Saban's gone. Um, not even the best team in, in the division, right? Um, 
But I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see. And then, like, the whole carousel of, you know, who's moving where, you know, to like, oh, yeah. what school is going to be in what conference here. That Like, that the, the carousel slowed down, but it's it's still moving and, and things are going to be happening. Um, and I think USC could actually be a team that goes into the Big Ten eventually. People have talked about that. So, I mean, time will tell. But another thing that happened, uh, we talked as Miggy was kind of getting ready for was his 600th home run that he hit this year. 500. 500? 600th. Or no, six thousand hit. Two thousand. No. <laughs> Sorry, no. Nope. Two thousand nope. hit. Gearing up for three thousand wow. hits. No, runs. no, no. Five hundred home runs. He's getting close to three thousand hits. Three thousand hits, not two thousand. Yeah. Sorry, Man, well, no. we were wolfing Man. up. It's all right. <laughs> just if it's you, been a day. Yeah, just let me know, guys. Let we're, me know when you need some support for baseball <laughs> stats historically. Um, gotcha. But anyways, we talked about like the return uh, for that type of ball, um, and then Tom Brady actually this this week uh, got his six hundredth touchdown, and it was funny because it was, was it Mike Evans, right? Got yeah. the touchdown. Yeah, he gave it away. He gave it away. Um, <laughs> gave it away in a hurry. Yeah, and and then uh, the fan actually gave it back pretty quick too. I guess there was a little bit of back and forth, but eventually uh, they settled on on him giving the ball back. And I, I'm curious what you guys think. I'll go over what what he got in return. He got a thousand dollar gift card uh, to the Buccaneers pro shop. pro shop or whatever, so you can get a jersey and a half. I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, he got some helmets and some jerseys. He got two season tickets for the rest of this year and next year as well. And then Tom Brady was actually on on the Madden cast or not Madden, the Manning cast last night on ESPN. Yeah. And he said that he was all. He also gave him a Bitcoin, which is worth like what sixty four thousand dollars or something like that. Isn't that what it? Or yeah. Sixty yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. One Bitcoin. Uh, so he gave him one Bitcoin as well. Uh, I, what, do you guys think that the guy got enough? For for that or like what would you have done? No, I absolutely not. I mean, you look at what the what the Mannings were talking about because they were joking around. He's like, oh man, he is terrible at <laughs> at the bargaining bargaining. Like he, he had <laughs> so much power that he just gave away so early. He's like, oh what a noob. Like he doesn't he clearly didn't know what he was doing. Yes. He could have gotten a lot, man. Yeah. So there were some auctioneers or whatever, like the people that kind of authenticate that kind of stuff. Were saying anywhere between five hundred thousand and seven. Fifty, which means it would have gone up to a million. Yeah, you put it on the market. Yeah, people would have absolutely Ooh. loved that. And now this guy's, yeah, he's looking like an idiot, not getting. I mean, look, the return's cool. I mean, it's not, it's not a terrible return. Yeah. But when you think about someone handing you five hundred thousand dollars and then selling it back for sixty-five thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> let's say seventy thousand oh, dollars yeah. when the Thank tickets you. are in there, it's like, wait a second, you didn't do a very good job. So I don't know. I thought he was a, a little bit of an idiot on that, but, um. Good guy though. Yeah, good for him. yeah, good for him. If it were me, I'd be like, no, this, like you just handed me my my ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a big deal. And I think Andrea would probably lock me out of the house if if I gave if she knew I gave away five hundred thousand dollars for a hundred. This is or paying off my house or for tickets. But, but you could go like, right to your what? Yep. You could go to your wallet and you could say, look, this Bitcoin that I'm not holding right here, <laughs> yeah. might be worth something more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. 2050. Yeah, just wait till, till that happens. Um, but also, real quick, uh, some Michigan stuff. Pistons, uh, still no Cade Cunningham. They're 0-3. Uh, they lost 94-88 to the Chicago, 97-82 to Chicago, 122-104 to to the uh, Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. Um, lack of scoring seems to be what's going to hurt this team. Obviously, they were missing uh, Jeremy Grant last night as well. Yep. Um but, I mean, can Cade come in and kind of fix that scoring hole? Like, what, what are you kind of feeling here? Yeah, I mean, the, the offense is going to be way better with 
Cade, just because he handles the ball, he's the decision maker, he, he gets the ball, and now the, the whole tempo of the offense can run around him. Right now with Killian Hayes, it's so predictable. They bring the ball up the floor, he stops, he waits for everybody to get to their sets, he calls the play according to what his coach is telling him to do, and then they move around and they start doing their play. That's that's okay for half-court offense, but that should not be your primary route of scoring or like your, your best option. If you look at any good team, Hawks included that we just played like their their scoring is authentic it's it's creative it comes out of nowhere it comes with the opportunity in front of them and if your point yard is not capable of creating that and and scoring on his own when he needs to if if he's hesitant if he's not confident then you, you cannot beat a team scoring 122 points out of your half-court sets every single time. That should be when the defense is fully set every time. But if you have a, an advantage, you have to take advantage of the of, of that, like, four-on-three or five-on-four or whatever it is. Take advantage of that. Go get an easy bucket. Yeah, what do you think about Killian Hayes? Like, just – I mean, it's it's early. I don't want to go overboard with that, but a lot of the people on uh, that are talking, they're saying, like, this guy looks awful. And, and he hasn't taken the right step – Heading into this year, he looks awful because of, because of his demeanor on the court. His yeah. his trust in himself is zero. Like he he is playing to not look bad, to not lose the respect of his teammates. He's worried about everything else except for playing basketball. Okay, I think he. I still believe he has a good jump shot. I think he can be a really good shooter in the league. I think he can be a really good creator in the league he he just he does not have it mentally right now he's 20 21 years what i think he's 20 years old yeah and it could be it could be because he's 20 but my goodness like you're in the league you should have a a, a, a i don't know a confidence level a belief in yourself and he does not have that yeah so if if he can ever get that i'm not saying he's not an nba player but right now the way he is right now is not good enough, and it will cost this team a lot of basketball games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, Red Wings, after back-to-back losses uh, prior to, was it Sunday night? Lucas Raymond actually had a hat trick, his first career hat trick. He was the third Red Wing to do that as, as a, a teenager. Teenager? Only two. I don't know if you've heard of the other guys that got it, but it's Steve Eiserman. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> Um, Does not ring a bell. He has the same it. name as uh, Stevie Y, right? Yeah, the, he has, he's the GM yeah. now. Yeah, okay, I don't know if you it. guys are. Yeah, ah. I'm glad. Thanks for bringing that. Up. I couldn't remember if I heard it. And then the other one was uh, Gordy, Gordy Bombay. No, Gordy How. No, I, I think it's Ho. But Ho, Gordy Ho. <laughs> um, so pretty cool. Pretty cool that he he got out. the hat trick. He he's been looking good and he's putting up points. And when you're producing uh, in the NHL, I mean, just just keep an eye out for that. It, it's pretty dang cool. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to score three goals for the rest of his career every single game, um, but man, it's it's fun to watch. And this that that first line is clicking. Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Lucas Raymond—they are something to deal with right now, and it is they're really fun to watch. It's looking nice. It is. It is. Hopefully, we can get some more secondary scoring. Keep up this this uh, nice little. I mean, three three two and one. I think they are. Yep. Um, you'll take that. You'll take that here. Um, Wait, early so on. you like the way Larkin has been playing with? I do. More talent around him. I do. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he deserves to see. <laughs> I would look good playing with those guys. I love it. I love Maybe. it. No. Stop our leader You're right, right it's there. It's fun to watch, though. It is. 
It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sisley Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sisley Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So I noticed that Brittany was watching. Uh, I don't know if she still is or not. It doesn't tell us when people stop. But anyways, she left this in my fridge, so I was like, I'm gonna take it. She said she would. She's like she's All gonna drink. Good? She said she would drink it um, Saturday. I was like, <laughs> if there's any left. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm bumming a beer off of her. I'm drinking good, good session IPA from Grayline Brewing Company. Grayline is her home, basically. She lives three doors down from it, so that's that's one of our, our go-to places. That was the first place I was ever a mug club member too. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, they have those really nice black. Um, those black metal yeah, cards. Yeah, black metal cards. Those are sweet. Those are really a little nice. Little weight uh, to them makes yeah. you feel like very important. Yeah, it took up a lot of space in my wallet though. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's what I'm drinking so far. Obviously, session IPA. It's you can't go wrong with those. But uh, I'll give it a nice grade at the end of the episode. Ryan, what are you drinking? Oh, caught me off guard. I didn't know this was gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> Voyager New England style IPA uh, from Arvon Brewing Company. Um, did I recently do this one, or did I do the double? I think you did the double. This that, I think that's you did the cool. double last week. All right. So that's why I gave you that one. Oh, nice. And you knew that, and I would have – that was my test. <laughs> yep. So I passed. You did. Um, it's because you listened, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> why I knew that. Yeah, good beer for just being a single with when they have a double and a triple, right? Yeah, there's a triple in the fridge. Yeah. I wonder what you're drinking next week. The, it looks like the triple, right? <laughs> this is uh, this is very – you cannot see through this. No, just it is hazy. Hazy. He's going for the cycle. Mike, what are you drinking? Uh, for um, – Austin Brothers Big Merc. It's their triple New England style IPA, Temper Center. It's got insane amounts of citra and cryo citra hops. So I'm excited to grade this one at the end. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. It wasn't just another game for the Lions last week. They lost to someone named Matthew Stafford, uh, who leads the Rams uh, to a twenty or er, 28-19 win. That's decent. After a 10-0 start and aggressive play calling, the Lions gave the, gave the Lions a 10-0 lead before Stafford even got the ball. Goff had respectable numbers, going 22 of 36 for 268 yards. Uh, one touchdown, but the two interceptions played a role, especially the one uh, in the end zone while the Lions were only down eight midway through the fourth quarter. Swift had 144 total yards, 48 rushing, 96 through the air, and Williams had an additional 57 yards on the ground for for 105 rushing yards between the two. Khalif Raymond had a really nice game uh, with six catches, 115 yards. They kept it closer than people thought. Uh, they were very competitive, but when all said and done, they, they just it's another loss, and it's just going to be the story of this team. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to talk about them too long just because – we're going to keep saying the same stuff about Goff and about 
the coaching staff, but we can't let it pass. You know, Stafford uh, did did what he does. He, what what did he have? Did I even put the numbers on here? I think it was something like three hundred twenty three yards. Um, what? I'll help you out. Yeah, pull pull that up. Three touchdowns. Um, I are you starting to get concerned at all? Concerned with what? The the Just the mental state the of the mental Lions. state of this team the mental state of these players and, well and just I think I yeah. think first of all I think our coaching staff did a really good job with this game um, they they were clearly lacking the talent that the you know they could not match the talent that the Rams had on the field everybody knew that going in that's why the the spread was so crazy um, but they were ready to play. And they they took a jab at them, and they got up ten points really early, and yeah. and they didn't back down, and they had another field goal to go up ten multiple times in the game, um, but when it came down to talent on the field, and execution, long haul, it played out exactly like we thought it would. Goff mm-hmm. was Goff didn't do it, and Stafford did. Yep. And those big plays, the third and what eleven, third and twelve, uh, down the stretch, that was so key. What yeah. did Stafford do? He, he Put it right on the receiver down the field like we we used to see that all the time. Yeah, and we don't have anybody lose that game. can throw like that other than Jack Fox at this point. Right, exactly. Right Just that one guy. <laughs> that's all we have. But how, how, what were Stafford's numbers? Stafford was twenty-eight of forty-one, three hundred thirty-four yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions. He, no interceptions. He, he did. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I heard a stat. I heard a stat where. Stafford throwing for over 320 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He—that's the third time this year that he's done that. And in his whole career with the Lions, he did it five times. Holy smokes! So that Are just shows—yeah, that just shows the efficiency that that dude is playing with right now on a team that yeah. has the talent around, has the coaching around, the established you know repertoire that they have. He's yeah. he's doing it game in game out. I think Stafford has had. The wide receivers to work with. I think Golden Tate, when he was in his prime, he was good. Obviously, Calvin Johnson is Calvin Johnson. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, were, they were all good enough. They were they were probably. I think the tier that that uh, he's working with right now with Robert Woods and and Cooper Cup. I think that's a very like. I don't think that the that wide receiving core is that much better. What he has for the first time is a coach. And a scheme that matches what he's doing, and I don't know if they're allowing him to make adjustments and be more aggressive on his own. But you're seeing the difference between a really good coach in this league and what Stafford's dealt with the, his whole career, and it was just a revolving door. Different or offensive coordinators, different head coaches. That's the stuff that Stafford was dealing with. I don't care about talent necessarily. He just didn't have the right coaches to put him in a place to succeed. Well, I think that's the thing that's not being talked about enough. It, and I completely agree with you because when you when you you remember the Stafford from the Lions. Nobody ever questioned his ability to look down the field and make something when nothing was there. You know, we would see him make these incredible throws off of the the linebackers' fingertips and through the middle and and to Galladay more recently and Calvin back in the day. Um, but he was also that guy that you know when you needed him in the fourth quarter, he would throw the ball and get a fifty yard play it just randomly, and you just knew it was going to happen. We knew that the 30-yard play was was available when it was 4th and 17. Mm-hmm. You knew that that was not out of – all he needed to do is get out of that first part of the initial pocket, buy some time, and now he has the ability to look down the field and make those plays. What you're seeing now is the, the Rams scheme, like what you're saying with the coaching. They're scheming these guys open so that, you know, 
the first play is almost always going to work. But when that doesn't work, he goes to this second and third option and, and buys a little bit of time, and his eyes are down the field. He's not constantly under pressure. He's not constantly having to do that over and over again. And then they don't follow that up with two basic running plays yeah. to put themselves in another third down. This is a really well-coached team. They know what they have with the offense, and it's clicking right now, and it shows. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did want to talk about how the Lions got to— Yeah, we're talking more about the Rams, I guess. No, right? but I want to talk about how they got that 10 nothing lead. I think that's really eye-opening, and it's going to kind of all come together um, when it comes to like the aggressive play calling because I feel like a lot of people want it one minute, but then they don't want it the next. They're praising him when it works and then second-guessing the, the play calling when it doesn't. So let's talk about how we got to 10 nothing. We got the ball— Went down, got a touchdown, right? Or we didn't actually go down, but we had that big Swift. play. The Swift 68-yard touchdown, uh, 66 or somewhere somewhere around there. 63-yard 63 63, touchdown pass. 63-yard um, touchdown pass. That was a great play. Love to see Swift get, get into space and see what he could do. Real quick, Swift had an incredible game. And it wasn't just the numbers. The way he ran, he was the one competing and leading this offense just on his back, I think. Um, was putting up a big fight, which was great to see. Williams too, man. But then... That's a good combo. Um, the, after the touchdown extra point, they snuck that that uh, uh, onside kick, kick, and that was awesome. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that people are like. Yeah, you got to do that for this type of game. Be aggressive. Let's do that. Uh, I think we got a couple first downs. Then they got to fourth down, fake punt. That was one that Jack Fox threw it right, and then we ended up getting the three points. It, it stalled out like the Lions do. Um, but I mean, aggressive play. Another, we had another one. We had another, another fake, punt. fake punt later on. I actually missed that. I don't even remember when that happened. I, I don't remember. I, I was probably going back and forth to the grill or something. But, uh, but yeah, people love the, the the aggressive play calling when it works. And what we saw there, it worked. They, they got exactly what they needed. The ten nothing lead, and it, obviously they lost it. But then later on in the game, when uh, I think it was a fourth and one in field goal range, you're down one. I think right. You were only down one. You could have got the lead in the field goal. Quick, they rushed to the the line. The play call wasn't perfect. It didn't really work that well. I thought Hawkinson kind of missed his block, it sounds like. Um, no, I think they were down six because they could have brought them within three. Okay. Right? Could, because because later on I thought they, they would have been within touchdown range. I thought they were down three. Or Sorry, down one. They had a chance to take the lead. They eventually did take the lead, but then – Ended up being down eight, so that's why I've had one in my head because they got a touchdown and a field goal to make it nine. Okay. Anyways, anyways, doesn't matter. We don't Uh, know. Yeah, I guess. Well, (laughs) Mike is like, you guys got it. Yeah. Sorry. It doesn't matter. Eventually, he, in in a nutshell, he passed up points in a crucial situation to be aggressive. Not and that's what people that's what people are are hating on him for. And that yeah, exactly. That's not the first time uh, he's done that. Where do you? Want to plant your flag on the aggressive and stupid? Is he is he getting too aggressive to a fault? I or, think. Or okay. What are you thinking here? Yeah. So I think he is aggressive right now to keep his locker room. And so your question earlier about, you know, where what's the mental state of this team? That's that's where I think it is. They they want to go out there and compete to win. They don't want to just go out there and like play good football because that's what you're supposed to do yeah. in a field goal scenario. Like no. He's telling them by going for all these aggressive plays, he's telling them that I believe in you guys. Go out there. I'm going to give you every opportunity to go out there and win the game, even if you're outmatched, even if we're behind and we don't deserve it. We're going to go, you know, get the, on, the onside kick. We're going to we're gonna play with with the, the fake punts and everything. 
I think players respond to that. And the fact that they stayed in this game for as long as they did and they were leading this game for as long as they were, to me that just shows that he hasn't lost the locker room. These guys are still playing hard. You saw in the fourth quarter they're still making plays. They're trying. Yeah. They're hitting hard. Like the defense, I know they didn't stop the Rams, but the defense has really – been making these other teams earn every single point that they're yeah. getting. Not not the other one the game. Bangles. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not it, the Bengals. And that's another thing that was nice about this is the way they responded from the Bengals fiasco because well, that look, was as ugly as it gets. When you look at the Bengals and what they've been doing, like they're they're a really they're good football good team. team, and people were not giving them the credit they deserve. Yeah, and we actually held them to decent numbers when you're talking about their big playmakers with Jamar Chase and some of those other guys. Yeah, you know they didn't go off as much, I guess, against the Lions as they could have. And I think this defense has really responded to the coaching uh, with a lot of talent that's out right now. And then I think on the offensive side, I you know how I feel about Goff. I don't think he's the answer. I think he's actually the problem. problem. And they that's hard for a coaching staff to overcome. Mm-hmm. And and the players on the field, they all know it. Yeah, and they don't c- act like they don't know that. Yeah. Do you think they need to make a change for the team's sake? No. Or you think? Sticking with him, even if they know he's not the answer, that's what this team needs to hear and see. Yeah, I mean, you go with Goff. Your backups are not anything special. Um, what's his name from the, kid from the Packers? Oh, and then Boyle, Tim Boyle. who's Tim, still hurt. Tim Boyle's still hurt. Like he's our primary backup. You don't just go bench a guy for a third rounder when you know. I think Jared Goff is exactly where we thought he was in the beginning of the year when when the rankings came out and it said Jared Goff is the thirty fourth best quarterback or thirty second or whatever yeah. it was. Chris he's, Sims. Or he's not. Yeah, he's not the worst quarterback in football right now. He's not the worst starter. He he could go to the the Broncos and make them a better team. Probably he could go to the Jets and make them a better team right now. He could go to Chicago and make them a better team. But he's he's not a good elite quarterback. Not even middle of the road. So he's somewhere where we knew exactly where he was. Yeah. Twenty three, twenty four, somewhere around there. And and with a franchise that just has such a gap between talent on the field right now compared to the other teams they're facing. He's not good enough to make up the difference. So the trade deadline is a week from today. Obviously, we're not looking to buy anything, right? We don't want to give up assets for for a player by any means. What Do you want the Lions to stand pat? Or do you look at it as almost like an opportunity to be like, all right, Swift is having a good year. How many years are we away? I think that's what we have to figure out. And that what this regime needs to figure out is because uh, are you willing to pay Hawkinson? Is Hawkinson going to stay? Is Swift going to stay? Is Swift still going to be legit or good in this league when you're t- ready to win? Or is it an opportunity to say, hey, we struck gold with these guys. They're both good players on no matter what team they go to right now. Is that an opportunity to bring in more assets, bring in more lottery tickets, bring in more picks and – Really do this rebuild the right way. What do you What do you think about that? I, like I don't want to. I don't want to give up on Hawkinson and Swift. I love watching them. I like both of them a lot. I agree. But I see that I, I I wouldn't be angry if that's the decision that they made because two years from now when these guys are up for a new contract or next year whatever it is I, I haven't looked at their contract. But it's like, do they want to stay? Do they want to get paid? You know what I mean? Like that's that's a tough situation. I don't think you give up on these two specifically. I think they're great building blocks. They're they're not who you're going to build your team around. No one does that. No one builds their team around a star tight end and a high upside running back. No one does that. 
You can say star. You can say star running back. Okay. High lead, lead, leading the league in, in uh, re- uh, receiving yards from running backs. Okay. Well. Better than R- Alvin Kamara? Kamara hasn't gotten going. He just started getting going, though. <laughs> so, anyways. Yes. Keep keep those guys. Keep the two where they're at. It It's all going to come down to for Swift on how you use him. Where you got him out in space like you did this past game, it's exactly how you need to be using him. And in combination with him coming out of the backfield and running downhill, those are the type of plays and type of players you keep around in the system and build around. Well, I I think it's a big philosophy thing at this point. So if you're going to keep a guy like DeAndre Swift – that's up to the to these coaches, and really, that this is up to the GM. Yeah, uh, names escaping me. You can probably help me out. Nope. Okay. Uh, Let you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Brad <laughs> Holmes. Brad Holmes. Thank you. This is really up to Brad Holmes and what he thinks builds a, a good team, because they're not going to invest their resources, their money mm-hmm. in the cap towards positions they don't believe in long term. And I don't think it's I, – I think it might be too, a little bit too early with DeAndre Swift to do this because he still has more years after this uh, of team control. So you can see how this team might develop with him on board and then see if you want to spend that money on him to keep him. And same thing with Hawkinson. I think when the time comes, uh, you can play out this year, see what the building is like going into the offseason with the draft picks, go into next year, see how the teams responded to these coaches. We're going to know a lot more at that point and make a more uh, informed decision at that point with two positions that you might not want to invest money in long-term. Or a tight end, an elite tight end, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But the pay scale compared to wide receivers and running backs or, or maybe like offensive linemen is less than a lot of those other positions, Yeah, which I think is the case with them. And running backs, they're cheap right now. Yeah. So either sell them and, nobody, and you just go get the next available guy – or you say, no, actually, we think he's a difference maker. We're going to give him elite money for the position. That doesn't hurt the cap as much. Yep. I, I, if it were between the two, I would say sell Swift first. Because I think if and when we bring our quarterback in, having an elite tight end, someone that that quarterback can trust. You saw the way Mahomes came in and, and used Travis Kelsey. Um, you saw the way uh, Wentz came in and utilized um, Ertz. Ertz. Like, that's a big thing for these young quarterbacks Brady to come Gronk. into. It's a fail yeah. safe. I, exactly. You it, really it's do. A, you, you need a tight end that you can trust. Whether it's elite or not, you got to have someone you can trust. And I think Hawkinson play is going to be closer to that top elite, but also very trustworthy. That's why I would rather stick with Hawkinson. If, if you have to choose between the two, that's where I would go. Um, but Well, you also see the, the on-the-field – Motions and stuff. Swift can get a little bit out of control with the, how much he hates Jared Goff, and I know we talked about that just briefly. But you know, like yeah. he he shows a lot more emotion on the field, which can really pull a team down in the bad moments. Um, you don't, I don't see it as much with Hawkinson. Yeah, one thing real quick that I wanted he to just put needs a, to block better, a little bit better. Yeah, I, I want to put a bow on the Lions talk with with some comments that um, Campbell had. Uh, he said, if this does not continue to sting and burn and taste like you know what. Then you got a problem. Uh, you cannot allow yourself to go numb. You can't because I'm not. All it does is just piss me off even more, and it just motivates me to want to get out of this mess. I think those are perfect um, words that that we needed to hear from a coach because we've seen too many people just get numb to the you know the word lionized. You know everybody knows that. Um, 
the fact that he's not letting himself get numb and just be, hey, it was a good win, and like talk about all the positives and and be all hunky dory and good stuff with the media. It's nice to see a coach that's that's being a little more honest with it and saying, no, like this is important and it sucks losing. I don't care if it's a rebuild or not. This absolutely sucks and it's going to continue to suck. And I sit and watch golf, and he looks numb to it already. And I think that's the biggest problem right now, like we already talked about. The golf thing is a problem not just because of the talent, but he looks like he's going numb to the situation. I, I heard an interview leading into this game with golf where he said, "What? How, is, how does it feel to be back in L.A. And, and, and at the stadium and everything? And he said, Oh, it feels great. It's great seeing all my old friends, great seeing all my old teammates. We've built a lot of memories. I'm proud of the career that I had here, and it's amazing. I love being back here. And it's like, no mention of Detroit, but yeah. I love my time. Like, he didn't do that. Yeah. He didn't do that. Yeah. It also shows how bipolar the Lions fan base is to just be like, they're going to go on 17 last week after the Bengals, but this week. Sorry, I did not oh, mean to do that. That was, that was your – No, no, I – giving me a I signal. Slipped. I slipped. I slipped. <laughs> No, I was going to do it after uh, you're done talking. And then this week, though, and then this week, they just say that, you know, like, uh, there's no way the Lions are going to uh, lose every single game, not with this team, not to w- with the way they fight. Yeah. No, I hear Bipolar. you there. Can you bring the volume down just a touch so I don't blow out? There we go. <laughs> if it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. So, like last week, we talked about Michigan State's win uh, briefly. Uh, I, we, I feel like we got to do the same thing with Michigan because although it was kind of one of those games that you didn't really think you're going to learn much, um, you got to talk about it. You only got 12, 13 of these, so we'll talk about them all um, as they happen. Michigan's uh, slow start and 10 7 halftime lead was not a problem for Michigan as they outscored Northwestern 23 0 in the second half for a 33 7 final. Uh, behind another stellar performance by the two-headed monster, Haskins and Corum, who combined for 229 yards in a 5.55 yards per carry average. McNamara managed the game, managed the game well, took care of the football, uh, but still showed his flaws, uh, finishing 20 of 27 for 129 yards. 20 completions for 129 yards. That is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, the defense was outstanding again uh, against a bad Northwestern team, holding them to... 10 first downs, 100 rushing yards, 75 of them on that one play, uh, and 133 passing yards and forced two turnovers. Uh, like I said, just like the MSU game, I, I didn't uh, – nothing that Michigan was going to do today – or, uh, sorry, Saturday that was going to make me feel better about their, their team um, or raise any concerns. It was just get through it, find a way to win. Just win. Stay healthy. And, and move forward. Now, the only difference between the Michigan-Michigan State comparison here is Michigan was coming off the bye, and you would hope to see a little more creativity, which I understand if they're holding back, um, but I wanted to see something that looked different from the week before. You have the bye week. You know, you use that to to try things and, and introduce things, and it didn't. I, I didn't see it. It looked like the same old Michigan team. Um, now, in this situation against Northwestern, you can get away with that. Um, but how in the world are you going to get away with that as you move forward, I think, is the key. And it didn't I, – again, I don't think it was going to ease any of my worries, but it 
<laughs> it was just blah, I guess, if you will. <laughs> is that is that a fair word? Like, I don't even know what word to use. What, yeah, what do you like guys it. think about it? Same. Um, I think when you look back on that Wisconsin game, I think when we all agreed that their offensive attack had to be a lot more balanced due to Wisconsin's defense, you saw that happen. It it may not have been super flashy, sexy, pretty, but it got done. It wasn't just bludgeoning the ball up the middle or, you know, getting the edge, going around going around the outside, excuse me. Um, they had a lot better balanced offense when they needed to. And you would you would certainly expect to see that this weekend. Yeah. You have to see it. You are not going to play smash mouth football against this team. Yep. I don't remember the so, question. What so, was the question? Well, like, what did you think about it? So, I think the next question is. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. No, you're good. You're good. Slow start again. Only ten points in the first half. I think that's concerning. You can't get away with that again. Here moving oh, yeah. forward. Um, another thing, they were eight of thirteen on third down. Yeah, great percentage. It, it, just in the first half alone. With thirteen. Thirteen. Third downs against Northwestern. In the f- first half. In the first half. That's a massive, massive problem. You cannot live on third down. You have, you're playing too many talented teams, too many talented players here in the next coming games. I don't care how bad Penn State looked. I don't care how mediocre Michigan State may look at times defensively. Yep. You can't live on third down. No. And Michigan continues to live on third down against some of the worst opponents they'll play all season. That right there is the biggest concern for me, at least, uh, moving into the tough part of the schedule. Ryan, what did you think about the first first half and, and I guess the third down stuff? I think when uh, A.J. Henning comes into the game, um, you know that there's going to be a reverse, a sweep, a jet sweep around the outside. I think when – when uh, I don't – I don't even know anything else. When when Johnson's lined up to the outside in short yardage situations, he's going to run a little fade route, and they're going to either toss it up to him or throw back shoulder. I think they're so predictable. I think first and second down, they're going to run the ball between the tackles. I think I think I can sit there and almost predict at a very high level if I'm pretending to be defense, what they're going to be running play to play yeah. and be right most of the time, which is not good because that means really good coaches on the other side will take advantage of that as often as they can. Do you think that's Michigan being passive and not wanting to show more, or do you think this is what they're going to try to do against even the, the, the tough opponents? Th- that's a good question because you did see the flea flicker against uh, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. So you saw that early on, and that's how they got the game going. That was the, those were the first points that they scored, yep. and so that was that was a wrinkle that they threw in. I think they are saving their wrinkles for when they need them, the big games: Michigan State, Wisconsin, probably Ohio State. There's going to be a few, and you've seen them go on go for fourth downs a lot too. So you know that in the in the back of their mind, they're saying, "I'm not." They're not too concerned with third downs because they're so aggressive on fourth that they can just run the ball another time and they, they're almost guaranteed to get it because Haskins is so good in those short yardage situations. Yeah. I don't think that is sustainable long-term. Yeah. I don't think it's going to beat Michigan State. I don't think it's going to beat Ohio State. Probably not Penn State. Yeah. Like th- Right now is when their season really starts. And, and 
we're, you know, that's that's not, it's easy to say because they're undefeated up until this point, and it's amazing that they're undefeated. Like yeah. if we take a sp- step back at the beginning of the year to where they are now, nobody would have predicted this. Nobody did predict this. So we shouldn't all act like we knew they were going to be here. So that yeah. that's great. Yeah, Cade Cade's a winner. We we get that against these situations. Now that we're here, we have to react accordingly. And I just these slow starts are not going to cut it against Michigan State. Yeah. We cannot do that. They're too explosive. And and you know if we are not scoring, I don't think you can hold them off multiple possessions in a row without breaking some kind of big play against against this Michigan defense. Yeah. Well I think you 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 made a couple comments about wrinkles. And obviously they're gonna they're gonna bring in wrinkles that we haven't seen yet. But what wrinkles are is they're just wrinkles. And they're not a mentality. And I think what we're seeing is a mentality that even if you bring in the greatest wrinkle of them all, it's still just one play. And it doesn't change Really anything. It doesn't change your mindset. It doesn't change the defensive mindset. It doesn't change what you do. <laughs> the other, what? I mean, how many offensive plays do you, do you get per game? Like 38 maybe? I don't know. More that, than that. More I than like that, that, 60 number. or something? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like oh, some, way, way more like, than that. Is it? I, don't know. I think they ran the ball 40 yeah, times well, last I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, but, like, you know what I mean? Like you still have the other 98% of the plays. And if you're that predictable – that's going to be a problem. And yeah. if you're going to throw in wrinkles, you should have already thrown those in now mm. so they can think about them now. They don't have to think about it. They can prepare for it. They can prepare for different looks and just be ready for it. Any, any team. I'm not just saying Michigan State. I'm just like, I want to see these. I, I, I think it's important to see them, not just not just for my sake and so I can sleep good at night. It's more for so the other team has to think about it more. They don't have to think about anything. They know what works for Michigan. They know what doesn't work for Michigan. They're not going to wake up one day and all of a sudden be able to throw the ball downfield. I'm sorry. They're not. Otherwise, they would have done it already. I don't know. Cade won't. Yeah, I I think if we, again, take a step back. I feel like I've said that a lot today. <laughs> but, um, you know, they did just win in a Big Ten game, 33-7. to seven. Yep. They gave up one big play. Their defense is dominant right now. They're, they're playing out of their minds. Um and and that's not a that's not an overstatement. Seven no, points no, in a college yeah. football game is very limited, and it all came on the one play. Yeah, like yeah, they they got down the field one other time, I think, and they went for a fourth down, right? Or the, did they miss the field goal? I'm trying to. Remember. I think they did miss a field goal. I guess I don't remember. For sure. I, I thought yeah, they, they did, but I'm not. Positive. Yeah, they did. And they got down there again, but they're not. People are not moving the ball against Michigan. They bullied Wisconsin around by the end of the game. Wisconsin. You can say whatever you want about them. They have a great defensive line, and Look they stopped the run. Yeah, yeah, really, really effectively with their linebackers and defensive line. Michigan bullied them by the end of the game. They were pushing them around. So, in Michigan's mind, we also have to understand that the two best players on the field for their offense are Hassan Haskins and Blake Corm. So, I would love to see both of them on the field at the same time. Just go there because you get the runner and the guy out of the backfield that could break a play at any time. Um, so I, that would maybe be a wrinkle that they should start thinking about more. But they're also putting the ball in the two best players' hands over and over and over again. And I get we, we're all sick of seeing just a bland block kind of offense, but that's their best offense at this point with Cade on the field yeah. because Cade is a game manager. He's not going to throw the ball down the field effectively. He's actually getting worse down the field. I used to think his best quality was throwing sideline deep balls because that's what he showed early in the year and last year. 
in the last like three games, he's been awful at that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been terrible. Overthrowing people like crazy, underthrowing them in the worst spots, like has not been pretty. So I don't know. I'm I, but this is this is the whole argument for JJ and, and maybe that's too big of a conversation. I I think that conversation needs to be put on the back burner at this point. I don't see it happening. I don't see a change coming. I don't think he's going to be more involved this week unless they're down by a lot. That's just they're just not they're not going to do it. And I at least that's what I that's a feeling I get. They're not going to oh man. I don't even want them to to bring him in and give him a drive here and there. I don't want the split quarterback. That's the last thing I want. Would I rather see JJ? I do, JJ's yeah, good. But I don't want to see it go, all right, four four for, for Cade, one for JJ. And not let JJ get into a rhythm because I'm sorry, he looked bad in his what do you have, five throws? Uh, and he didn't look great. He had a couple really, nope. really bad throws. So like wait, wait, wait. wait. Let this on. guy get into a rhythm if you believe him. He, if you he believe him. He overthrew him. one guy really bad. Well he underthrew a guy too. By the way, side note, JJ's redshirt is burned. I'm not worried about that. He's too good to worry about that. I, I'm not saying yeah, worry but about no, him. Yeah, just yeah. mentioning. That, yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, because no. it's six games, and he's played in all six of, six of them. He's taking a snap in all six games. So Seven games. Shoot, man. Sorry. They need to play him. Shoot, so, man. So that, was six, see, that was the sixth game of seven. Did you Sorry, see him roll out in the fourth quarter when he should have been sacked about three different times and casually ran around the defense, kept his eyes down the field, Pick up that first down. Threw it across his body. Across his body yeah. to the dime. I mean, yeah, that, that that's was a dynamic a cool, that Cade will never dynamic, have. Yeah, but dynamic plays aren't, aren't going to. They're they're few and far between. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, get your point. I get your point. It's not going to happen. It's, it, we're living in a pipe dream. I think he's going to come in outside of it, some sort of injury. If they're yeah, or they've or given down this team to Cade. Points. Yeah. They're they're not going to do it unless they're down fourteen points. According to Harbaugh, he's a winner. Cade's a winner. He's Earned the respect of his teammates. Technically, he, he is. He yeah, is. He hasn't lost. So, I mean, again, this offense is playing around their strengths right now, and Cade's not one of their strengths. So, I'd like to see a little bit more creativity. I think they have to against Michigan State because they're too good to expect that they're just going to bully them and win. I think they're too w- – w- they got away with that with, with against Wisconsin because they don't have – uh, an answer. They couldn't yep. come back against that. But Michigan State has so many weapons. You better watch out. Yeah, Don't to, give them to, opportunities. To put a ball on this game, well, then we'll get really into the matchup. Um, the big chunk play seems to be a recurring thing for this defense. I I don't want to worry about it too much. I think it's obviously a concern heading into this game, the way Michigan State's chunk plays kind of take over a game. The defense, is it's not worth questioning at this point. Uh, Moody missed his first, I think it was his first field goal of the day, or of the year. Uh, maybe another one, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he missed one heading into the game. That's That sucks. Two fumbles, both of them lost. That's not good to see. you got to take care of the football. Um, can't be making these he mistakes. He says that sucks, forward. but he called for it. <laughs> I did. I wanted it. I Watching the it. game I with did. him was so funny. You go, just miss it so we can get it out of the way. Miss it. <laughs> get it out and of your guess system. what? Wide right. <laughs> he goes, see? There we go. He goes, good. Out of his good. system. Claps. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fumbles are the issue, though. You That's a good thing. <laughs> Today's, like, super disappointing. <laughs> you got to take care of the football. You can't be turning the ball over here moving forward. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. 
Yeah, it is, and this is a good state of my sports because we got seven and over, seven and zero. Oh. It is thick this week. Number eight versus Ooh. number six. Number six is at number eight. Which Michigan State? Why didn't just put them at seven? No what kidding. are you doing? Like, be smart, AP. They just advertised that during the World Series. Did they? Yeah. Man, this is wait. Oh yeah, because it's on Fox, right? Sure is. Um, and I mean, college game day. Yeah, so both are gonna be there. And that, barstool. That, and barstool. So do they do like a tailgate too or something? Oh yeah. They oh, got they the whole Presidente panel, will be there. What's that? They got the whole panel set up. Yeah, old Presidente's yeah. there. Yeah, he'll be oh, there. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Sam's. We going. should set up ours. We should go set Dude, up. Dude, everyone's ours. gonna be at college game day. They're gonna be at. <laughs> hey. Oh. I bet there will be a, <laughs> the least amount of people at Fox. Really? I think it'll be a ton of people at College Game Day. Yeah, yeah. I guess and then, it and then Barstool's the got that, just that yeah, odd, fun, crazy, yeah. fun following. I've never watched a Barstool one. I didn't even know they did a tailgate. Who's, oh, it's really good. Is it? Um, who's on Fox right now? Uh, oh, Bra- it's Brady Quinn. Yeah, Reggie Bush. Uh, right? Reggie Bush. Reggie. Um, yeah, they Matt don't have Liner. But they don't have a Michigan guy. No, they do not have a College Michigan Game Day's guy. got uh, Charles. Yeah, Charles. Desmond. So. Or Des. Desmond. I always Howard. get those two confused. My bad. Charles is on CBS? He's on Fox. No, he's or on is Fox. He on, is he on Fox now? Yeah. Oh, with is? Greg Olson. Yeah. He is on, on So, I mean, Fox. telling you, guys, yeah. Is, I don't know. Uh, it might be a good spread. Man, I, I'm – Anyways. It's pretty cool. All eyes, all eyes are on this game. It's so much all fun. All eyes are on the state of Michigan. Yeah. It, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Both seven and all. Like, it, this Sweet. is I, – I don't even know if this has ever happened. Honestly, I, I I didn't look it up. I'm sure there's a stat out there. It's probably happened in like the 90s or the 20s or something like that. Yeah, there's a stat that's floating <laughs> around about uh, the last time both of them were ranked in the top 10. It was like 1964. Yes, exactly in the 60s. Wow. And I I'm not sure if they Lions were both undefeated. Lions have even won a, a, a Super Bowl since then. No, or not a Super Bowl, a championship. No, because they won it in 67. No, they didn't. 57. 57. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you just destroyed. His if you need dreams. any historical facts about football, let me what know. What was sixty-seven? Oh, the li- the call Tigers back. won in sixty-eight. Call the callback. Right? My bad. My bad. I'm just having one of those days. All right. It's all right. All right. It's I all didn't want to talk about. So obviously, Let's it's significant it. nationally. It's a high-ranked game. Everybody's eyes are on this game. Um, with the Penn State losing last week, uh, the Ohio State game. Like, man, I bet ESPN is. Mad at themselves for not taking the Michigan Michigan State game when they could have, yeah. um, but here we are. It's a noon kickoff. I, I'm not going to stress too much about it. But significance for 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 the in state. Like, what do you guys think? Like, what does it mean for Michigan and Michigan State in, in the Big Ten? I guess. Like, where, where are you guys feeling heading into this? Because I I got some thoughts on there that might not be very popular. Yeah, I don't I don't really know where to start because there's so many headlines. There's so many deciding factors with this, and I think more pressure is really on Michigan with this game. I think Michigan State, with the state of the program going into last year, just the complete mess that D'Antonio left that that program, and then Mel Tucker has done an amazing job. Like he's not going to lose any fans, or you know, yeah. from the administrative level, nobody's going to question him going into this game if he loses. Nobody. Like he has earned his right to have time. He's guaranteed himself time and respect. Yep. Harbaugh is on his last. Life and yes, this has been an amazing start to this year. It's been exactly what he needed. But these are the games that people are sick of losing. They're sick of losing the rivalry games in state. They're sick of losing against Ohio State, yeah. and they're sick of him not winning big games against big time ranked opponents. All three are right now. Yeah, I I, I thought I think that you said it perfectly. But like my my thought for for Michigan's sake, like what this actually means, what a win means, is absolutely nothing. What it means is. 
don't you dare lose this game. I know it's the same thing, winning and losing, but it's not about the win and putting this up on a pedestal. It's about not allowing another loss to erase what you've done with a 7-0 start. I think Harbaugh has dug himself uh, in, in... He's created his own critics by not winning the, the rivalry games. Hasn't beat Ohio State yet. Hasn't been to Indy. All of those things has caused him to be on the hot seat. He got a pay cut. All of those those things, are, they're, they're real things. Half the, the people want him gone. Half the people want him to stay. You know what I mean? He's like, it's that situation. And he has put himself in there. And what this is for him is he's at, he's at the top right now. And he's going to push one way. He's going to tip down. Like, the way I, I wrote it down, I'm going to try not to look at my sheet and lose my train of thought. But, like, he's if he loses this game, he's getting pushed down that spiral staircase. And he is going to fall and fall and fall all the way down to the bottom. Because this is exactly what the haters need to fuel their, their argument. And this is exactly and, – and really, even if they win, it's not going to answer any questions either. You know what I mean? It's just going to be, yeah, you did what you're supposed to do. This is exactly what you're supposed to do. Like – don't allow yourself to do what you've done the last five years. Once mid-October hits, you get that one loss or that second loss, and the train starts going down the other side of the mountain, and it's going down real fast, and it ain't yep. stopping. I, I think to say that a win is not going to gain them anything, I think that's a little bit too much disrespect to Michigan State because I think this, I think they are good enough and, and respected enough where a win will actually do a lot of benefit. It'll do Michigan a lot of good, and it'll give a lot of confidence to their players to say, look, we just went up against a legitimate opponent, like a really, really good opponent. So within the locker room, within even the, the administration, I think Michigan State is at a point where they would – that would be uh, – that would be a statement win in a way for Jim Harbaugh to say a, a top ten opponent this late in the season undefeated against a program that's that's just on you know clicking on all cylinders like Michigan State has. I think it's a good enough win to to uh, add to his resume. Yeah, it, I think right here right now, yeah, he he has that opportunity. But let's say it happens. Let's say Michigan wins this game, and the Michigan State ends up not being what they appear to be right now, which is very well possibility. They could go out and lose to uh, uh, Penn State. They could go out and get destroyed by Ohio State, which I think we're both expecting get get destroyed by Ohio State at this point. Um, you could lose two or three more games, and all of a sudden that doesn't look as good. But if you lose, no matter what happens the rest of the season, I mean, yeah, if you miracle happens and you beat Ohio State, that changes things. But, I mean, if is it really that great of a win, or is it a mirage? I think right here, we're, we're both both these fan bases are feeling pretty good about themselves. Their chests are, are puffed out and feeling confident and ready to go. They're about they could all both get very humbled here in the next four weeks and get that chest poked back in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but every it, single one of them feels like the other team is really good. So, so I I know right here right now, but like the landscape, like Big Ten. It very well may mean absolutely nothing when all said and done, and it's just going to be, you know, the the bragging rights that Michigan and Michigan State fans have each other for another year. You know what I mean? Like that's where it's it feels really big, but it could get humbling I, very very quickly. But there, and, and that's where I'm just like, go out and I disagree. Yeah, same. I I think at this point in the season, <clears throat> with. All the teams that you've seen lose in the top 25 to all these unranked teams, there, there, there's a lot worse losses 
than what Michigan could suffer against Michigan State. And I think at this point, I think the talking heads across the country would, I think, mildly disagree with what you're saying. Well, well, let me ask you, do you think there are only four teams that that would beat Michigan this year? Do you think they're the best team in the country, or the fifth best team in the country? Probably not, right? I think Michigan can compete against a lot of top teams. I don't. I don't six. Is it sixth? Sorry, sixth. I don't think. I think a lot of teams could be Michigan, but it, but again, I, and that's where you got to look at this because I think your point is like, if they if Michigan State goes and loses to Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, it's like yeah, that doesn't become a very impressive win anymore. But why shouldn't it? Because those are t- three top tier teams, complete top echelon type of teams. To then put on your resume and say, look, we're guaranteed a top twenty-five team. The only teams we lose we lose to are elite. So that's not that's not to say that that would just be a trash season and and take away and from I, I, anyone I of these I, I'm losses. I'm not saying it's a trash season. I just mean like yeah, no, that was too strong. Yeah, but like I don't know. I just I feel like right here right now it feels massive. And, and two because three weeks from now it could just be like oh yeah I, no, yeah we beat we beat unranked yeah. Michigan. <laughs> we both we beat say unranked, the same thing. We there. beat Michigan who was unranked at the end of the season. So that that that's a hill I'm gonna die on is in the moment. It's as big as it is. Like in the moment when we were playing Washington, when we were hosting Washington for a night game, they were a top 20, top 25, whatever it was. They were unranked because they lost two games prior. Okay, sorry. Right? Going going into the season. Into the season, okay? That's what made that game big. They still had talent. They they were a highly talented team. They are a highly talented team. They're maybe not well coached. Maybe the execution lacks, and maybe that equates to not good season, not good opponent. But in the end, that's the hill I'm going to die on is when you play that ranked team in that moment, that's what makes that game big. That's what that's what projects Step up. your teams into that higher echelon of other teams. This, this isn't like when you look at the end of the season, you go, ah, well – that that's a bad win. That's a bad win. That's a that's a good loss, and that's a good win. Like it's in the moment, and that's the hill I'm dying. Well, on. that's that's right, such well, a the, no. Well, that's such a good but, point. But then because at the same time, is say, say Wisconsin goes on a nice roll and ends up in the top fifteen. So yeah. that was an unranked win then. So now is it all of a sudden a really good win, or was it an unranked win? Like you gotta you gotta play both sides, right? So if that's gonna be our argument. At the end of the season, with our bad loss or good losses, I think we, we gotta have, have that, that argument same at the argument. end of the season. Then we we can have that argument at the end of the season. But still, this is establishing. This is the opportunity that pre- is presented right now. So we have an opportunity. We meaning either side that either you're side. on, Michigan yeah. State or Michigan. You have an opportunity to go beat a top ten team that's that's rolling right now mm-hmm. and add something that you haven't had and and create all this confidence and buzz about your program. And add another big time win. This is going to get somebody to eight wins with no losses. Eight wins was probably the it was definitely above the over under mark for Michigan yeah, State. Well, I think Michigan ended at seven and a half. So if, I think it did too. Yeah. So, so I mean this this is a let's please not discount and, a big win yeah. against a Big Ten team because as much again and this is where I try to stay grounded as much as I, as possible with the state of the the programs going into this year because I'm happy with. The wins that we we can look at say Washington was not a good win. It was a big win. It was a mm-hmm. really big win for Michigan to go to game number three, 
And then and then game three was a big win to go to game number four. So yeah. this is the stepping stone needed for each one of these programs to get to the next level. And for one of them, it will it will catapult them to the next level. The other one, it's an opportunity for them to fall flat on their face and go eight and four for the rest of the year. Yeah. But you know, I, th- th- I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Number one, but I also think you know that. This is the momentum swing. This is the yeah. point of the game where we want Jared Goff to play well and he throws the interception. This is where big players need to need to turn into legends at at these programs. Yeah. And this is the opportunity that that's in front of them. I guess my point is this is big. Very big game. This is huge. huge. You jumped you jumped but off that legend thing. How much <laughs> how they respond after coming off the big win and coming off the big loss? How they respond is what solidifies your program. Because if Michigan goes out and, and loses this game but wins out, then this game didn't mean nearly as much as we thought it was. If Michigan, go, Michigan State goes out and wins and then loses two of the la- or three of the last four or whatever it is, then it's the – you know what I mean? Like that's, it, it's, that's it is another point. stepping stone. And I feel like this is becoming a bubble of this is it. You know what I mean? And I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that this feels so big. This feels this feels awesome. This is a really cool feeling what we're getting into But here. it's game number eight. But it's game number eight. And I don't want either team to pretend they won it all to, on, on Saturday 340 or whatever the game's going to end. Yep. Um, or I don't want the ceiling to, or like someone to be like, well, you suck. You know what I mean? I, like it, I agree with It's going with, to be in that situation. This. And you have a great yep. opportunity to prove – when you go out and lose this game, prove us wrong that you don't suck. You go out exactly. and win this game, prove us that you deserve yep. to be a true contender for the playoff. Which, and that's where I'm kind of just wanting to make it a, a Whichever team loses, I want you to have that back against the wall feel. Go out there and prove every critic, every hater, every fan wrong about your team and respond. Yep. You know what's great about this? Both programs right now with these players on the that are on the teams are getting a taste of big time college football atmosphere. Huge. They're it's getting big. they have so much pressure on them right now. They're learning like with all eyes with college game day and Fox and everybody that we just talked about. You know, this is something that like if they go into let's just say next year when when a program may, Okay, I'm just going to throw some scenarios. JJ's there. Everything's clicking on all cylinders. They go to the, to a playoff. This is the type of atmosphere that that brings. All eyes are on you. All expectations are on you. Go out and perform. This is how you learn how to handle those situations. It's games like this. So I am so interested to see how these guys respond. And either way, it's going to be a learning opportunity. Opportunity. Either they perform really well and they're like, great, I know how to do this. This is something that's familiar now. Or they, they respond really poorly and you say, these are all the things you need to do. Get your mind right. Prepare this way instead. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this is – what an opportunity. I'm so pumped yeah. about the state of Michigan right now. It's, it's pretty cool. With Mel Tucker in this program, I could not be happier with where this program's at. With Harbaugh, like, it's about freaking time. Now go prove it. And, and both programs are just – there's so much buzz and I love it. Yeah. Um, before we get into the matchups, is this does this feel like a must win for Harbaugh in his – future at, at Michigan. And obviously I already talked about huh. what's what happens next is what's actually important. But if you go out and go to 0-2 against a terrible program where it was and Mel Tucker comes in and does what he did to you, like that is fireable offense in a lot of people's mind. Now, I know there's the rest of the season to, to unfold, but that puts his back against the wall more than anything 
else, right? I don't want to say is it a is it a must win? I'm not saying it's a must win, but it's about as damn close as you can get. <laughs> I am saying yes, yeah, without question. This is <laughs> in my lifetime. This is the biggest Michigan Michigan State game I've ever known. Like as a kid growing up, I didn't even know there was a Michigan State. Had no idea. Like. At, as a kid, as a Michigan fan, all I ever knew was, <clears throat> excuse me, the hatred was all about Notre Dame, Penn State, and Ohio State, and that was it. Had had no idea until Mark D'Antonio <laughs> showed up that Michigan State was someone to reckon with. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And right now, in my opinion, th- this is a must-win for Jim. This is. Quite possibly the biggest game of his college coaching career. I mean, at at, at the peak of where he is, quite possibly with, on with the, the hot stakes, seat with the stakes with the, that are the, on the line. Oh, the stakes are huge. They're so professionally, high. you know, personally speaking for him, yeah. So his college coaching career, this is his biggest game. This is a must win, a must win against a second year head coach, and a huge rival game. And you are you are both undefeated, and I don't have to mention it again. Yeah, Ryan, what, what do you think? Must win? No, I'm not going to go that far. Not go that I, far. I, I'm too like I, I try to be reasonable with these things. If they lose, they're losing to a great program. I think yes, we want Harbaugh to win because we want him to prove that he's the right coach for this and he can pull it off and all that. Yeah, uh, but you can't have both ways when you say that. Also, how they respond is is super important coming out of this game. Yeah. You can't say that. That's also important if this is everything. So yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to say that I agree. this this game, as important as it is, and I agree with everything, literally yeah, everything no, that you I, said, yeah, exactly. except no, except fair. that it's a must win for his for his job. Yeah. And that's the way I'm thinking. It's a must win for his job because I still expect him to lose to Ohio State. So I don't think this is in or out of the playoffs. And so this is a big big, big win for a resume. Maybe to keep his job, maybe it's a it's a big factor in the end. But um, you tell me at the beginning of the year that the Wolverines have two losses and it's against Michigan State and, and, Ohio, State. and Ohio State. You're gonna take you're gonna take that every We're single in. time. Yeah. If you don't yep. know who you lose to, you're gonna say, "Great, two losses. I'll take it. That'd be a great, successful year." And I feel like that needs to be the mentality because Michigan, you're not Ohio State. You're not Alabama. You're not. Put JJ in there, might be. You know what I mean? But like you're, you're but that <laughs> that I mean, it takes a long time to get that. Okay. And, that whole. Um, With everything I just said, the dynamic between the quarterbacks is one thing that the fans might turn on Jim Harbaugh for or with. The fans are ready to push him down. They're ready stairs. for JJ. They're ready for JJ specifically. And you Everybody th- you sees think, it. You think the this final straw is the fact that he didn't if they pull lose, the trigger on If they lose this game and he doesn't that's pull the trigger, the, and that's the reason for the loss, let's yep. just say he throws a couple of interceptions or something, he's not moving the ball, and he does not yeah. make that change – now people are going to be mad and just wait for that to happen. I think happen even if he yes. if he even if he makes the change and say they lose, it's going to be well he didn't do it quick enough. He didn't give JJ the the the, the reps when he should have. No, you're right. You know but, what I mean? But like, that would be normal ready. sports talk. That yeah, would just yeah. be like just talk. Okay. You know? Yeah. If right. they go and lose this game and he doesn't react, if he doesn't pull the trigger when everybody, because everybody's watching these games as fans, they're all seeing the same thing. Yeah. We're seeing JJ in this 
really competent quarterback that makes plays versus a guy that struggles to throw the ball past five yards on the field. Yeah, real quick, Mike, and then we'll, we'll yep. get into some matchups. So, something that I like that you said is you mentioned something about how long it's taken for Jim to kind of get here if this is where we're going. Who else do you know of that has taken this much time to get there? I, I don't think he – I think Jim has done enough. To, to I, I think he's right. been close enough okay. personally. So what I'm getting at is Dabo. Dabo yeah. at Clemson took, it took a so long – It took year, year six, I think, right? Year, and here we yeah. are basically year six with Michigan with the COVID year. Right. If you t- use that as a watch. Right, yeah. and, and I'm not saying we're going to the national yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to, you know – Go win the chip, but in the end, things take time. I mean, unless you're yeah. Nick Saban, look which at Dabo, would be freaking great. Look at Dabo; yeah, he got humbled pretty right, quick here. He's right. done all of these with two quarterbacks: Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I do want to get into That's some matchups. That's why it's though. important to get to JJ because I, I want to get need a quarterback into to some key matchups. And if you guys are all right with that, I'm going to go with with my first one here. Do it. Um, I'm very interested to see how MSU's O line uh, stands up to Michigan's pass rush. I think. MSU's O-line has been good in games um, that they win, but have been also been exposed in, in the games that the offense has sputtered. I think they have been a big key um, for, for, the, for the positives and the negatives. Walker's going to get his, and, and Michigan needs to make <clears throat> Thorne beat them, which, which is a scary thought because I think he can. Yeah, but he's when capable. you put that pressure on him, that's when, you, that's when he has looked vulnerable and indecisive. Uh, not confident, and I think that that is going to be uh, the key, um, at least with with slowing down, you know, Michigan State's uh, power. You know what I mean? Right. Like we know Michigan big State big playability, yeah, big playability, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, if Michigan's front can be dominant, um, the way we've seen against some inferior opponents, uh, limiting Thorne and the wide receivers' time to get downfield, time to expose um, the questionable, uh, untested. I think Michigan secondary they look good. Untested. We haven't played a quarterback like this. We haven't played an offense like this. I'm interested to see that matchup, and it starts up front. And I know cliche, right? It's all in the trenches. Yep. But this is that game, right? Yep. It is that game. I I love that you bring this up because Michigan's strength is their defensive line. They have been dominating every opponent they've gone against with their defensive line. You look at crazy stats like 29 dropbacks and 29, 29. pressures <laughs> yeah. against yep. Wisconsin. Like that's insane. That doesn't happen. And and I, with Aiden Hutchinson the way he's playing right now with Ajabo coming on the other side, like these guys are these guys are attacking all the time. So the response from the Michigan State side and their offensive line, but not only them, but also from the quarterback position, they need to be able to respond accordingly because Michigan's going to get pressure. So how are they going to react to that? Is he going to be able to use – Peyton Thorne, is he going to use his athletic ability to get out of the pocket and move and get away from these guys to buy himself time because he does really well with time and he does not – He so far he has been really shaky, which has surprised me, but there's been two games where he's been very shaky in the pocket – and be, because that pressure has gotten to him, and Michigan, that is their strength against one of the one of the question marks from this MSU team. And I think Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith are going to be brutally tested this week. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there another matchup that you guys are interested to, to watch? So I have the the kind of stats there, but what what stands out to? We've watched these games, so we don't really need to look at the numbers as much as I mean, it's fun too and compare them. But it's we all know. 
We've all been keeping yep. an eye on each other's yep. opponents, right? We know what we're going into. What stands out to you, Micah? Michigan secondary and Michigan State's wideouts. Yeah. You this, you, you really think that that's, that's a big huge I think that's yeah. Ed, that's almost it's equal massive. that's almost equal to what we just talked about with Michigan's defensive line I mean it's highly highly athletic on both sides of both of those teams right there you've got extremely athletic wideouts on Michigan State and then on the opposing side you have Daxton Hill you have Brad Hawkins sitting there on the on the back side waiting for what they're going to do, this is going to be a huge matchup all game long. I don't think there is a bigger matchup, in my opinion. I, I, Michigan has not seen routes like what Jaden Reed nope. and Jalen Naylor can can pull off. I don't think they can. They haven't seen that up until this point. So how they respond is very very important here. And I will also say where Daxton Hill lines up against this offense. I'll be very curious to watch because the the strength of these guys are on the outside, on the sidelines, and we haven't really seen Daxon Hill line up on the sidelines. He's taken the best wide receivers anywhere in the middle of the field, but he okay. hasn't lined up too much on the outside. And and that's for a reason because we want him to blitz when he wants to blitz and play yeah. safety when he wants to play okay. safety. But it'll it's just some, something interesting to watch where watch where Daxon Hill lines up. See where where uh I don't even know how you I don't know how you differentiate between Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed because they're so both so explosive, so disciplined with their route running, and th- they can go win a ball as well. I think the little bit of extra speed Naylor has downplays the speed that Reed has. Like you know what I mean? Like it's really not that big of a difference. Oh, no, it really isn't. And in the way you know uh, uh, Reed's size, like people get all like he's more the prototypical. Well, Naylor is the exact same size. So, but like people get in their head, oh, Speedy Naylor is the fast guy. Well. <laughs> Reed's not much slower. Reed flies. He's <laughs> I mean, their punt returner. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's a two reason touchdowns. why you have two very good wide receivers right here. I, I th- that's a good a very that's gonna be a very interesting matchup. That if it comes down to that, in my head, Michigan State has the X factor. Mi- yeah. Michigan yeah. State heading into this game, in my head, ha- has that battle won. Yep. And that's where I kind of went with the the defensive line is not allowing the wide receivers to beat your corners because it's all about time at that point. You're right, and it's both of those. It's the yeah, combination it of those, and the big playability could strike at any time, so it's not just one play at a time. It's, it's not one play. It's every play. Yeah. It, that's that's the matchup. Yep. And and I feel like your face said you had a different matchup you were super interested in. I do want to bring up another one, but Ryan, did you have another one that stood out, or do you stick with stick with what, what we already talked about here? Let me let me go through my head real quick. All right, do you, it's got to be Michigan's <laughs> offense. I mean, this running game against the Michigan State defensive line and linebackers. Um, who who's the linebacker? I'm drawing a blank. The linebacker for Michigan State that's been oh Holiday, right? Holiday. Halliday, yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yep. Halliday. Cal, Cal Halliday, Cal Halliday, Cal Halliday yeah. is crushing. He's it right becoming now. into he's coming into his own. Oh, my, he is becoming dominant. Like yeah. he is becoming the name on that that linebacker core, yeah. and he is going to play a major role to try to contain Haskins and Blake Corum. And there's a really good thing. I I, I was listening to somebody just the other day where they mentioned the um, Corum and Haskins are so good at making people miss, and and it's things that are just like. It's tiny little, little twitch moves yeah. with their hips. And Haskins, we talked about that for a long time. Blake Horm's the same way. He's not afraid of that contact. He'll get the arm tackle that he knows he runs right through. So tackling becomes even that much more important. And I think Cal Halliday is going to be play a major role in this game. 
Uh, because if they're relying on athleticism to get to the right spot, these running backs will still step around you and make you miss. What I think Cal Halliday has done is allowed Xavier uh, Henderson to be able to play a little bit more uh, secondary safety position. More Rather than coming up and, and needing him to and stop the run, being aggressive. And needing him to be like always be part of the play, Cal Halliday's come in and be like, look, I got this. I got this side yeah. of the field. I got this area. You can play your side. I'll play mine. Which you know is I mean? not, which is not good for- against Michigan's wide receivers because if they don't respect those wide receivers because because there's nothing to respect, that means that they're going to come in and pinch against these running backs they're in the middle of the field, and they're going to yeah. be able to play the combination. The way, the way, they're going to be able to respond against Michigan the way they need to. One thing that, that I, I find very interesting is the way Cal Halliday and, and uh, Xavier Henderson hit. They hit hard. And what I think yeah. Michigan running backs do, don't do a good job of it hasn't really hurt them is they they put the ball out there a little bit more than I'm they're just it's very close to being fumbles you know what I mean like they haven't fumbled and I, I don't want to predict something but it's like it's just always did. it's always like kind of running outside of their their own you know what I mean so keep an eye on that that if these one of these guys can get a lick on one of these running backs and force a uh, turnover that could be a massive game changing play Panishik as well. Panishik's a big X factor in this. But I think the reason I wanted to bring Halliday up is because what has stood out so far with this year is how he diagnoses plays so early on. And he's in the backfield because he's making quick decisions and making and he's reading the play as it's developing and knowing the play, and he jumps on it early. So it's not all just physical ability. It's also the way he's reading the play. And if Michigan is still as predictable as they have been recently – that's not a good success story. Yeah. You know, that's not if, if you're just gonna do end arounds every single time AJ Henning comes in, Halliday's gonna be there and, and Panachuk's gonna be they're both gonna diagnose that early and it's gonna turn into a six yard loss. And I'm not looking I'm not looking for those kind of plays from the Michigan side to just, you know, no. de- derail a drive because of a silly, like predictable play that the other team has prepped for all week. Like that's not what I want. Uh, another thing that, that stands out to me is scoring first is a massive uh, thing in this game, and it's not because I, I I think if Michigan State can go out and score, let's say they go out and get a touchdown, first drive or second drive, and get a seven nothing lead, that is absolutely huge. Not because Michigan State needs to play with a lead, but because Michigan, I don't trust them to be able to come from behind yet. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen the explosive offense. We haven't seen the passing. And if you get any doubt of falling behind and make this team have a really important drive to go down and score and score fairly quickly. I don't trust it. it it's going and if they can make Michigan like say say you get a ten nothing lead, you go out you get a touchdown and a field goal. That it doesn't sound crazy like a crazy lead or anything like that. That is huge against this Michigan team because that makes them play left handed. You they're not going to be running the ball. They're fighting the clock just as much as you. And I think that's going to be very important. I feel like if Michigan State can get an early lead, they can suffocate Michigan. They can make Michigan do stuff that they don't want to be doing and throw the game plan out the window way faster than they they should. Um, And I I don't know. I think that is something to keep an eye on because, man, if Michigan State can get an early lead, let's say 10, 14 points, man, look out. There's tons of drives left. But Michigan will change their ways, and it's going to look ugly. And that allows Michigan State to also take more chances downfield and do what they do well. Instead of running out the clock, they can, boom, 
big plays after big play after big play. Okay, and uh, that is very concerning on as the a other, Michigan fan here. On the other side of the coin, if Michigan does happen to do that, stall out Michigan State's first couple of offensive drives, yeah. Like, where 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 do you think that kind of leads to? And then that same thing. If Michigan can take an early lead, get the ball, score, and have that. Let's say Michigan State gets the ball first. You force a punt. You have a nice long drive. You get a touchdown. You force another punt, and you get another score, three or ten or or seven points. Michigan can start doing what works and start pushing this team around the way that they've pushed on pushed around other teams. And I'm not saying that that's because Michigan State isn't as good, but because they're in control now. They can, you know, stick to what works and, and actually, you know, bully them around. They can push. They can grind it out and, I don't know, just be more aggressive at times and take yeah. more chances. It's what they're familiar no. with. And, yeah. and what your point earlier, yeah. if you put them in an unfamiliar situation where exactly. they're down in the game, then – they have a new response that they have to decide like what kind of team they are. Do yep. they respond or not? At this point, they they're not used to that. Yeah, I think that's what both teams are looking to do on both sides of the ball come halftime. Yeah, they are they are going to be looking to make adjustments and the right adjustments and just bludgeon the other yeah. side. I, I think whoever wins this toss takes the ball because I think. Both teams want to go down and take that early lead. I think that is very important for both of the mentalities yep. of, of this team. And I know most time, most of the time people play defense first and are saying, I we want defense. the ball at half. I think this is the type of game that you get the ball, you go down and score, and make something happen. And what, I, what did I, you that's say? how important I, I think I'd, the I'd lead is defense. In, this, in this game. I would play defense because I think uh, halftime If you were either team? Either team, yeah. Because I think halftime is going to be so important with making adjustments, like what you just said. So – Getting the ball back in whatever situation, you're either going to stop the momentum of some other team at halftime, or you're going to continue that momentum going into halftime, um, going into the third quarter. And yeah, I don't know. I th- I think that's the better way to go. I also think it's really interesting. We've been talking this whole time. We barely mentioned Kenneth Walker Jr. Isn't that a crazy? <clears throat> and I think it's because we all see the difference with this MSU team. I don't know if he's going to have these big runs like the big long. Uh, runs against Michigan that he's had against other teams. I'm yeah. not sure if he's going to do that. He Good. might break one off. That that's another. You know, that's something. Obviously, that helps this team if they yeah. if he if yep. he can be dominant. Then then I, MSU is in a yeah. great spot because it, we keep talking about this wide receiver versus secondary thing and Peyton Thorne comfortable against a pass rush. But if they can dominate on the ground, that is that's something that Michigan. I think they're equipped to handle it. I really do with yeah, the linebacker crew. Yeah. How how often do you think? So is that Michigan, on Ross's shoulders then? No, Limiting? it's not. It's not just Ross. It's it's. Uh, Sorry, Hill, Mike, I completely. Cut. I was just. You're it's, fine. It's it's, it's good. Hill Green. It's it's. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think the defensive line with Mozzie Smith yeah. and they're they're all important and they've been playing great football. They they really have come into their own. They they have an identity at this point. So I think they can stop the run. I think I know they can get to the quarterback. But the big playability of Kenneth Walker Jr. and and his cutting ability to get outside of to make a play when there's not a play is going to be something that um I don't know, man. It it it's obviously huge for state. I think it's actually critical for Michigan State. I think it's critical that he is dominant in this game for them to win because you cannot 
only put it on Peyton Thorne's shoulders. That's not what we, he's equipped to do. We've seen that it doesn't work. It doesn't work, exactly. Yeah. He's not equipped to do that all on his own at this point, and maybe he'll grow into that kind of a quarterback, but their best player on their team is Kenneth Walker Jr. They need to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, so, come Sunday. Game's over. We we are a little hungover, I'm sure. <laughs> might be from, from fun, might be from, from, from drowning our sorrows. The reason Michigan State won is because... I, I still go back to Peyton Thorne. I think if yeah. Peyton Thorne can stay cool under pressure, react to Aiden Hutchinson and and Ajabo coming off the edges, if he can move around and create time for himself and then destroy this secondary of Michigan, I think Michigan State, that's how they, they win this game. Micah? I can't disagree with you. Um, I, I was going to say wideouts, but I do worry about our linebackers and Peyton Thorne's ability to run the ball when he needs to unexpectedly. And if there's a wide open field, the, the man has legs. He can gain a lot of yardage Good quickly. Runner. So I have, I'm not going to disagree with Ryan. All right. So I, I said MSU's big play offense was way too much for Michigan, Michigan's defense. Um, and their balance and playmakers exposed Michigan for they haven't faced any of these type of players. They haven't faced two – they haven't even faced one wide receiver as good as Naylor or Green. Or not – sorry, not, is it Green? No, not Green. No. Why did my – Reed, sorry. Reed. It's all good. <laughs> um, and they haven't played a, a running back like Kenneth Walker. That's your three – and they, they haven't even played a quarterback like Peyton Thorne. <laughs> yeah, you're to right. the, to, So these are the four best players that they've played this year. All the skill And positions. that's where I think is going to be a, a huge issue. They're, they're simply um, – it, 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 they could take over the game through through that, and it's going to be that. I think they're going to have an early lead that's going to control the clock, control what Michigan does well, and not let them do it. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to make uh, Cade McNamara beat them, and he simply can't. That's what I think the conversation is going to be if and when Michigan State wins. So, same question. Sunday, it's more of a celebration hangover. Michigan <laughs> wins, and we're talking about why did they win. Micah, you go first. Oh. Oh. Um, can I pass this off to Ryan for a sec? Yeah, I'd love to. Sorry. All right, go for go it. Go for it. Why does Michigan win this game? I think the defense dominates. I think the offensive line of Michigan State struggles to contain Aiden, Ajabo, this team, Mozzie Smith. Um, I think in the middle, Michigan is – that is their absolute identity, their strength. I think they're going to bring a lot of pressure from the linebacker from the safety positions, blitzing as well. And I don't think Michigan State in this scenario will will pick that up. I don't think they respond. I think he's going to be under pressure in the backfield all day, and he's not going to respond yeah. very well, Peyton Thorne that is. Yep. Um, and he's, he's going to face a defense that is unfamiliar for him. He's responded to two decent defenses up until this point and has not looked very good. And I think Michigan overwhelms him in this big game scenario. Yeah, I I agree with you, but I, I'm going to say, uh, cliche, both offensive line, defensive line for Michigan will dominate and bully the crap out of Michigan State. I think heading into this season, we questioned Ohio, or Michigan State's offensive line. We questioned 
Look, Michigan, Michigan State's defense line, what are they, like fourth in the country in sacks? Something crazy. Like, they're doing a very, very Panashuk good job. Panashuk is like top of the nation right it's, now it's for insane. everything. Actually, Panashuk is, has the same numbers or similar. Better numbers. Or if not better than, than Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. Across the board. Um, but what I think what we're going to see, if Michigan wins this game, it's going to be because they just absolutely manhandled. They have more talent on both sides of the offense line. They have more talent on the defense line. If... Michigan wins this game. It is going to be through that, and they're going to absolutely bully the crap out of these teams, or the, the the these lines. And I think Michigan will run the ball at will, and I think they will stop the run and just put so much pressure on Peyton Thorne that they don't know what to do. That's what I think will happen if and when Michigan wins this game. Go, what, it, you got? You just no, wanna... I, I'm going to second you on that. I think you're going to see it. it, it it's going to be ugly. It's going to be late. I'm going to say around the beginning of the fourth quarter maybe five minutes in or so, you're going to start seeing Michigan's offensive line and their running backs start to take a small amount of control and head down the field and put a win together in yeah, the last the, few minutes. The way I look at it is Wisconsin on both their offensive line and their defensive line, all in all, like on paper, on paper here, is better than Michigan State's defense line and offensive line. And what did Michigan do to both of those? They – bullied the crap out of them on their field in a, a, a pretty big game. A must-win yeah. for Wisconsin, really. You yep. can look at that game as how important that game was. Michigan did it to Wisconsin. If they can do it to Wisconsin, they can do it to Michigan State. On paper, time will tell, obviously. I don't want to like – we're saying both scenarios as, as if it happened. We're not that confident. Another thing I wanted to say, I think this is going to be a blowout. One way or another. I don't know which way. Really? Honestly. I think, honestly, I, the way I look at this is I think. I hope not. If, I'd love to see a good game. If, yeah. if Michigan bullies them the way that it, it, it will happen here, it is going to be a massacre. If Michigan State's uh, wow. big playability yep. and uh, balance offense is as good as we think it is. It could be nasty. They can expose Michigan yep. and make this game very ugly. I would be shocked if this game is not a double-digit win. I don't know which way, honestly. Obviously, I'm going to lean towards Michigan because I'm a Michigan fan. No, but, but you're right. They honestly, like what what works for one team, like I, I I just think it's going to it's going to be eye opening if that makes sense. One can, team's going to get exposed. Can, can I ask you when you say double digit, how big double digit? I think, are you are you talking ten or are you talking like double that? I'm saying. 10 to 13, but it wasn't even that close. Okay. Type win, all right. Contro con yeah. Game control, yeah. double digit win. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's the way I really think. And I know everybody's expecting this close game. No, that's not a bad that's not a bad take because um if Michigan State wins, it's because of their big playability and they go beat Michigan and Michigan does not have the firepower to respond. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. I could easily see that. You know, that's two big plays in a game is the difference in that yeah. point. So I could I could see that happening for, from the Michigan State side. From the Michigan side, if you're really going to dominate this game on the uh, from the defensive line, that means that this offense is going to be out of sorts and they're not going to be able to score. And in that case, yeah. you're running the game up with your running backs and you can and you can get a big. Yeah, I, I could see that. I don't think it's a bad thought. I, in fact, I actually really agree with it. Um, the other positional group that I think there's a massive battle with is the defensive backs of Michigan with DJ Turner. For some reason, DJ Turner in my mind right now is like a huge, huge X factor. He's been getting more and more playing time yeah. as we've seen him. And if he can shut down 
one or one or, or actually just play like reasonable reasonable defense against these wide receivers. If he can make some good plays against Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed, that really really improves Michigan's uh, chances on the outside there because we keep talking about the big plays on the outside and then containing Kenneth Walker, you know, long term throughout maybe just like two big plays. Um, that that's the difference with this team. Prediction time, boys. What is going to happen? What do you guys think is actually going to happen? And I don't want to score. I want eventually I want to score, but I want you to tell me what you think is going to happen from kind of start to finish. Ryan, you ready to start? From start to finish? Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Just give me, give me what you think is going to happen. Okay, so first play of the game is going to be a handoff to Haskins (laughs) up the middle. Okay, second play. Second play would be AJ Henning. (laughs) End around to the left. All right, so Michigan is going to win the coin toss and take the ball, right? All right, really lost. Remember? Um, No, I, I, I think. um, What a. And obviously, we're going to get into our picks. What a fun, what a fun game to try to break down because Michigan, I believe, is the better team. I really do. I think Michigan is the better team here, and I really believe that Michigan State has the better weapons. And <laughs> isn't that just bizarre to say? And I just don't know which one's more more important. I really just don't know because I really believe both like wholeheartedly. I think Michigan is super deep. They've got a, their defense has turned it around. I don't really believe in Michigan State's defense, but I don't really believe in Michigan's offense. Yeah. It's like, but and that's yeah. where it's just like something has to give. And yeah, this game is does. not going to be close. Something's going to teach me like <laughs> right? what's important because I don't know what's important as a coach, but I'm going to learn something in this game. This I will tell you the two thoughts that have been running through my mind the last 48 hours. Perfect. Okay. Michigan's down 13 to 3 going into the half. Second thought Matt Coglin, ninth year senior, whatever <laughs> yeah. he is. 33rd. Misses year, four field goals. No, <laughs> comes up huge again. I don't know when, but it comes up huge. So you think Michigan I, is going to lose in a clo- in a uh, low-scoring game? I don't know. I'll probably let you know in our picks section. No, I, we're doing it now. What do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction for this game? That Michigan State wins Yeah. in a close, close game. Mm, I like that you said that. Because now I can go Michigan, and I don't feel like the like, like an unbalanced. All, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I I actually really want to say Michigan State wins too, but I'm gonna say that the the linemen in the trenches on both sides are gonna be the difference in this game. I think Michigan Michigan has a better offensive line, and I and I think they have a better defensive line, and we're gonna well, see I, how important that is in this type of a game. So. Do you think Michigan's defense line is better, or do you think Michigan's defense line is that much better than I, Michigan State's I offense? Like, is it the matchup thing? It's, like Michigan's defense line against the offensive line. I think if you take the defense line, if against. you're just a if you're a non or an unbiased um, evaluator and you just say which offensive line compared between the two teams is better, you're going to take Michigan's offensive line. And then you take separately their defensive line and say which defensive line is better. You're going to take Michigan's defensive line. I really yeah, truly believe that. Yeah, without okay. a doubt. Yep. Actually, I think Michigan State's defense line is underrated, but they also haven't gone up against 
anybody quite like Michigan's offense line. I think Michigan State needs to learn how to tackle a little bit better. Okay. Uh, Halliday. And not rely on Halliday. Halliday is, a, is an amazing <laughs> tackler. He really is. I think he's a stud linebacker. The rest of the linebackers have actually really disappointed me so far. They have a lot of arm tackles that people have been running through lately, and I think Michigan might expose that as they keep running so the ball what do you, more and more. What do you think? The f- Mike, you didn't give a score, but Ryan, do you, do you have a score prediction? I, I say uh, Michigan wins by 9 or 10. One of the two. Mike, how much does Michigan State win by? <laughs> Is it one or three? (laughs) (laughs) Give me uh, give me thirty three twenty eight. Thirty three twenty eight. It's a high scoring game. All right, man. Peyton Thorne's good though. He is. He is. But I I agree with you that I think Michigan's lines are are the key to this game. I really do. And it, it is nothing against what Michigan State has done. I just think Michigan is farther along, and, and for, rightfully so. They're supposed to be. And I think what Mel Tucker has brought in has been good enough for what they've gone against. But I think Michigan is at a different level. If they're not, look out, because they're supposed to be. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think Michigan is going to dominate in the trenches. Cliche, I know. As long as Michigan takes care of the football, the trenches will win them this game. But look out as soon as you get a turnover or turnover. two could change, you know, flip it. But I think Michigan wins this game. I'm going to say 28-14. Ooh. Feel, feel, no field goals. Just <laughs> zero field goals. Oh, <laughs> it's like two of the best players on each one of the teams. <laughs> I love it. Was, was that good, Michigan? Michigan? I thought we broke it down really that was good. I thought fantastic. that was that might have been the best segment of this history of the other than our banana boat segments. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I loved it. I had, I had, I, I had a really good time. That, that was. That was. Fun. I'm just banana like, boats of world class kicking. I think we're feeling just the the energy of this week, and man, it's, it's, oh it's, man, what a week! I was feeling so like sluggish heading into this episode, and then as soon as we started talking Michigan, Michigan State, I was just like. Oh yeah! Like, Here this we is, go. This is I'm exactly my butt what off. this is. Yeah, <laughs> well, so, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> well, I so <laughs> I was uh, when we were putting the kids down. I like put a shirt on, and Andrew's like, "Are you sweating?" I was like looking under my pit. I'm like, yeah, she goes, "You better change your shirt before your friends come over." I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." I'm not gonna do that. And then you went and changed your shirt. Yeah, I did. We're, I we're did. just friends, not coworkers. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. We got our picks. You good? I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Oh, so I got to explain betting hero? <laughs> yeah, I want you to. You really got to go to the bathroom? Yeah, I got to go right now. Yeah. I timed oh it perfectly. Oh, man. What a jerk. Betting That's, hero, you got to sign me up. You got to. No, I signed up. You, you got to help up. me. Yes. So, all right. For the people that don't know yet, go to bettinghero.com. What they are is basically the Expedia. Expedia. Is that still a thing? Is that still a thing? Expedia? Yeah. Right. I don't know if anybody uses It's the Expedia that. of. Sports gambling. What you do, you go on there. They're going to have the all of them. You sign up. You put in promo code MIBETS. You sign up. You're in the state of Michigan. You say, oh, I live in Michigan. It tells yep. you all of the available sports betting 
um, platforms. Oh, not all of them. Not two, not three. No, there it is. It is a laundry list. Oh, it's um, a lot. I mean, you got MGM. You got is Barsu on there? Barsu is I, on there, right? I I didn't quite I get that far. I think it might be. They, they do a lot with Barstool. Yeah. Barstool, um, FanDuel, DraftKings, Fox, all of them. What they do is they lay out literally all of the best promotions available in the in the that current moment. Tons so it's of like, them. oh well, MGM has a. Uh, I'm just going to use an example. Three thousand dollar free bet. Okay, well that's awesome. Well, DraftKings has. Two hundred dollar match, match, yeah, doing that. Yep. Like you can lay it out, whatever you want. What do you want a free bet? Do you want a match? Boom, it's there. You can pick it out. Put them in all of them. It, uh, that's what's great about it. Is you put in hundred bucks into one account, yep. you put hundred bucks in the other. And what you can do is you can start shopping around. You can shop around for the best odds because all of these teams have best or different odds, different yeah. spreads, different payouts, all of well, the things, different promos. Especially when you have things like the World Series going on. Yeah. I, I, I could have sworn I heard something like if you put $100 down on someone getting a, a hit in the World yeah. Series in the first game, you win your money back or yeah. something or like, of that nature. It there, was there's another, like, uh, I, I don't super remember, easy. I don't remember which one it is, but like there's a, you bet $5 on a, an NBA team to win. They hit a three-pointer, which every, everybody hits a three-pointer yep. at some point. You win like 100 bucks. Guaranteed like, money. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you're bit. bit Bet lays out, but bettinghero.com promo code and my bets. Exactly, exactly. So we're in, we almost went through the whole song. Should I just start over? I'm gonna start over. Do it. There we go. We got the picks now. This is what's good. Um, last week, Micah went four and three, Kyle four and three, Ryan four and three. Uh, I went six and one. I needed that. I needed how did, that. How did that happen? You've been John so bad. Seven, I needed that man. badly. Well, he didn't. He didn't get his picks in, so I gave him oh, one seven happens. just so I could jump him. That was my goal. <laughs> so, um, we'll see what I do this week. I didn't get his pick in yet, uh, but I did get Kyle's. But anyways, Mike, you're leading the way, thirty-two and twenty-two. Come on, baby. Kyle is in second, twenty-nine, twenty-five. Ryan, twenty-eight, twenty-six. I am twenty-four and thirty. John, twenty-two and thirty-two. We're losing to Kyle. Allegedly. He hasn't even like you talked shown us. You know what's funny is. Kyle might be like a little less sportsy than us. He, he loves the sports teams. Yeah. How does he crush his picks? I don't know. For the record, he gave me the picks on Friday. He took Denver. I didn't give him that point. I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? I, gave, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he knew, so I didn't genius. give him the point. Oh, he didn't. Kyle. So he actually went five and two. <laughs> he did, but I didn't allow it. I, I, I made the executive decision. Oh, I love that, that guy. All right, here we go. We got Micah's Green Bay Packers at the Cardinals. They are a six-point favorite on Thursday Night Football. Um, Wait, who is? Uh, Cardinals. Oh, that's <laughs> a six-point favorite. Kyle's taking Green Bay. Micah, oh. you're taking Green Bay. No, I'm not. <gasps> yeah, all right. He knows. he knows. Info coming in late. Give me the Cardinals. Cardinals, huh? I agree. Oh, I'm yeah. Go- I'm going Cardinals. Yep. There's a lot of COVID stuff going on with the Packers right now, and uh, if, if Rodgers doesn't have a – just a legendary type of game, Cardinals. I can take Rodgers six points. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm taking Green Bay. Oh, whoa, whoa. All those Thursday night games have been closed, too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going I'm to take yeah. that one. Uh, uh, next, we have the Titans at the Colts. Colts are a pl- uh, one-point favorite. Uh, Kyle's taking the Titans. Michael, what about you? Colts are underdog, right? Yes. Okay. I said favorite. I'm going to go one. with... Titans. Give me the Titans, man. Ryan. Man, the Colts are King Henry. better than people give them credit I for. Agree. 
But yeah, I'm gonna go Colts. Whoa, taking All Colts. Right. Give me them. All right, I'm, I'm taking the Titans. Titans are rolling right now, and yep. they, the way that they started, they need to keep rolling. They they don't have a game to give away. Um, this is a big divisional game, right? Yeah, yeah. So you me- you know what they say? Remember the Colts. Remember the Colts. <laughs> Oh, boy. We got the Lions. We got the Lions to go. I did not think that was going to get that kind of reaction. There we go. <laughs> Hold the, on. Remember the Colts. I feel bad. I should have took the Colts because my buddy Justin was a big Colts fan. And I won you have a lot a of money. Colts fan? Justin? He's really? Colt, he's from Indy, yeah. Speedway, Indiana. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You worked at a Speedway? No. He, no, like... So the... The, he grew up by it. Yeah. Oh, the, the he yeah. literally lives like right outside, or grew up outside of. Oh, really? Just outside the. You guys been there? It's pretty cool. He's no, got all. He's got all sorts of cool stories about Indy. Yeah. Man, that's. He sweet. says it's pretty sweet. Anyways, we got the Eagles at the Lions. The Lions are a three-point underdog. They're plus three. Kyle's taking the Lions, and he said, "Winning." Whoa! Lions what? to win. Oh, Kyle, Michael, what's up? What do you say? Uh, give me the Eagles. Ryan. Right now the Eagles have three top, what, 11, 12 picks going into next year's draft. Yeah. So if they keep losing, they are looking pretty good. <laughs> so you think that they're in sale mode I, they, I don't know. They, they sold might. Ertz. They traded Ertz. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Um I'm just stalling. I don't know. I'm gonna take the. <laughs> give me the Eagles. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go the Eagles as well. I feel like it's a. I feel like what Lions just went through, the emotion, all of that stuff is gonna catch up with them. I look at this game as more like a, the Bengals side of, of what we've seen for the Lions. And I think that things are gonna change. I think I really, Jalen Hurts gonna, could be that X factor. I don't like Jalen Hurts. I I know you don't. He's not bad. You don't like mobile quarterbacks. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, your job is to throw the ball. Throw the ball. <laughs> Why are you running everywhere? Throw the ball. No, I, I I, could see the Lions winning this game. I really could. Because I don't think the Eagles are that great. But same. the letdown factor, I think, is, is huge. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles. Tough call. And then I'm going to switch the music, and it's going to sound awful for transition, but it's what we do. We just tell you when things we are going to be awful. We just tell you when things are going to be awful. That's just what I think we say that in the intro. This podcast is going to be awful. <laughs> we should put that in there. Yeah, we should, yeah. Um, anyways, we got number nine, Iowa, at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the number nine team. Crazy. Kyle's taking Iowa. Micah. Give me Iowa. Iowa gets back on track. Wisconsin doesn't have enough in the tank late. Ryan. Yeah, give me Iowa. Wow. Playmakers. I'm taking Wisconsin. I think was this is I think Wisconsin is going to just they're going to be a top 15 team. They're looking better. He said on Wisconsin. They're turning, is that what they say? On it or ah? Is it ah Wisconsin or on? I think they say on Wisconsin. Oh, is it? Wisconsin at home, not easy. Off Wisconsin. I'm going Wisconsin. Cool. Number 10, <laughs> we'll miss. <laughs> I made you say it. <laughs> cool. Number 10, Ole Miss. At number 18, Auburn. Auburn is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kyle's taking Auburn. Micah, you know you're next. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions' next QB, Ole Miss. Ooh. Matt Coral. 
Ooh. Oh, I'm going Ole Miss. You're going Ole Miss? Oh, yeah. Number 10. They just had a big day for the former number 10. They're ranked 10th. They're not going to let me down. Don't, don't tell me he's not going to go with Lane Kiffin. He loves Lane Kiffin. I love Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't deny. He's just all in. I'm going Ole Miss. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't like I Ole Miss, but I like Ole Miss. And I don't <laughs> like Kiffin, but I like Kiffin. <laughs> we love Matt Corral. I like Corral a little bit. I well, We watched a little bit of him when we were playing catch. All right. That is hilarious. Last game here before we get into the big one. Number 20, Penn State at number 5, OSU, minus 18 and a half. 18 and a half. That's a lot of points. Kyle's taking the points. He's taking Penn State. Give me the ball, guys. They're going to roll. Ryan, 18 and a half. I'm going to say this is the first uh, time Ohio State's been challenged since Oregon. I'm going to go with Penn State here. Ooh. I'm going to go OSU as well. Is Ryan or Micah. I agree with you, Micah. That, that person. <laughs> One of Where the are you going, dude? We got the we got the game. That we, <laughs> he's just walking out. He's like, I'm, I'm not done. making the pick. I'm done. He's not making the pick. No, we already know he's taking Michigan State. All right, I'm gonna take OSU. No, you just said OSU. Yeah, I'm gonna go and now OSU. You're debating it. I'm going OSU. All right, I think it makes the most sense. Last but not least, we got the game. The spread is four and a half. Michigan State is that? Are they being a little disrespected at four and a half, or is that just like the Michigan factor here? Like, what's going on with that? I, th- I think it's the Michigan factor with the betting. I don't think it just yeah. accurately reflects the feeling of who which team is better. I think I hear, it's yeah. more of the voting base. I mean, basically, you always give the the road or the home team three points, right? Yeah, that's basically saying Michigan's seven and a half points better than Michigan State. That's unfair. That's. Absolutely unfair, because and, it, and I don't think that reflects that, though. Yeah. I, I really think it's more of the how many bets do you have coming in, and they're trying to dare, you, dare well, you to I bet. I mean, it opened at three, State. or was it two and a half? Was it two and a half or three, Micah? What did it open? Uh, two and a half, right? Um, and then it moved up to four and a half. So all the the money's coming in on Michigan as well. Oh, yeah. So that's very, very interesting that they're just kind of moving it. Um, but... Uh, before we get into our picks, we got the Hazen Blue and the Crushable New England IPA featuring Citra and Mosaic hops uh, and brewed with real blueberries. It's a 5.5% alcohol by volume. 20 IBUs, Hazen Blue. If you're a Michigan fan this weekend, check it out. You can find it at uh, your local retailer, retailer or Big Lake Brewing, where it's brewed. Big Lake Brewing. Check it out. Seriously, check go, out the go Hazen get Blue. it. These it's are awesome great beers. Great yeah. beer. Next, we got the Sparty Party Beer. Uh, it is the New England IPA with Mandarina, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops. It is a 7% alcohol by volume, 53 IBUs. Another solid beer brewed by Big Lake. Big Lake Brewing. Can't say enough about what they do. We had an episode there, what, four or five weeks ago? Great time. Great guys. Um, great beer. Great beer. I mean, we love their beer. When we were there. Which one were we really? Was it the Hydra? The Hydra. Hydra was off the oh easy. Oh my gosh, that was so really good. good. Yeah, but all their beers, so good. Well, I mean, but again, these party yeah, party hold, hold, and blue. I'm, I'm gonna hold them up yeah, too. You know hold, what? Hold them up, both of them. The beer that we forgot to introduce because they were gonna let us was their pumpkin beer. We were supposed the, to talk about that. We were supposed to talk about that, <laughs> and we forgot to. We we got all caught up with the guys, had a heck of a time, but their pumpkin beer. Is off the charts. Go check it out. A little closer. A little farther away. Dude, these beers, though. 
I'm gonna have we're, we got the 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 fridge is full of these beers. Oh, we're ready, ready to drink on Saturday. We're gonna have a great time. Everybody's coming over. We're gonna have a blast. But we got to make our official picks. So Michigan at MSU, they are plus four and a half. Kyle's taking MSU, winning. He says. I asked him, "Is that because you're a fan, or is it legit? How you feel?" He goes, "King Kyle." Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really have an answer. Did he really? So, Mikey, you're yeah. obviously taking MSU. I am taking MSU. MSU to, yep. You said they're going to win earlier. I feel like they've they've got the edge. And uh, Pepper also feels like they got the edge. Is Pepper down there? Pepper's down there. I was wondering what you were playing with down there. <laughs> looks weird from this angle. <laughs> Quit playing with the dinghy. <laughs> Stop playing with your dinghy. All right, Ryan. Very distracting cat. You're next. <laughs> what do you got? What are we talking about? Spread Michigan, Michigan State. Oh yeah, that oh, game. Oh, All right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just come playing. on, man. Um, so you said Michigan is going to win by nine or ten? Yeah. All right. So you got Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Michigan here. Yeah, I mean as well. I, I think they're going to win. They're going to bully them. I think this is going to be a good win for for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, it's needed. Um, but not must win. Not a must win. <laughs> a very, 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 but very, close. Very, very, very much needed win. Needed win. Not a must win. A needed win. A needed win. win. A needed Yeah, let's get our terms right, people. Yeah, those were our picks. But before we we move on, I did want to give another quick shout-out to Big Lake Brewing. They're in Holland, Michigan. If you haven't seen their their beers in in stores, I mean, their cans just explode at you. Obviously, you got the haze and blue. That thing's beautiful with those great colors. You got the Sparty Party, which is just a good beer, not great colors. Um, but anyways, well, I mean, check they, those out. They have like deer, deer beer. Is that yeah, one of them? Yeah, deer beer. Hunting, um, yeah. They have the cotton candy cotton haze, candy which haze. is solid. It's, it's the blue second time around, it's way better. I'll it's tell great. you that. It's great. I'll tell you that. No, it's really, really good. Mango yeah. haze is solid. The blackberry haze. I mean, they, they're hazy. You, hazy beers are solid. I was just at the store. You will find this stuff. Is that is that right, at the Meyer? Yep, it's it's yeah. at Meyer, so you're gonna see Founders, you're gonna see Bells, you're gonna see New Holland, and you are going to see Big Pick Lake Brewing. Pick it up. Right if you're there. not if you're not drinking one of those beers this weekend, are you even really a fan? That's that's my no. question. No, you're not. I don't no. think you are. You're not a real Michigan. You're not a real Michigan fan. So you're not a real it. Sparty fan. No, but it, it's worth it. You're not gonna be disappointed with either one of these beers. Yeah. They're great. It's not gimmicky. They're very, very good, good beers. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to hit the beer grade. Yeah, go ahead and cue that it's up for me. It's time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode, but before this we is where do, I want bad. to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. That's what she said! Alright, let's get into our beer grades. I'm going to start just to remind everyone, I am drinking Good Good Session IPA from Gray Line Brewing. Gray Line Brewing is in Grand, Ra- or Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is on Alpine and Sylvia. Sylvia. I knew that because that's where my sister lives. She lives on Sylvia. It's a small street, so just knock on the door and say, are you Brittany? Next door. Are you Brittany? <laughs> I disagree with you. <laughs> You'll eventually find her. Are you my <laughs> mommy? 
<laughs> uh, I how, mean, I how mean, good, good is it? Gray Line has has really good beer, and what I like about what they're doing right now is is they're getting a little more, you know, user friendly. If in, that's the right in word, with the times. Little is that out, the right word? A little outside their norm. Yeah. Yep. They're they're usually like, and I don't want to mean this in a bad way. They're they're stuck on their ways. Like they they're, and they they're good. Want, they're very good beers. Yeah. Very very good beers. Um, but they're starting to um expand to what maybe um is popular. They've got some hazies. And they I got think the they might hazies. have a sour. Yeah. Do they have a sour? Ooh, they boy. they have had a sour. I gotta I get a sour. Um, but this is a very very good session IPA. It's good good. Good good. Um, I think this is a 8.4, and I'm going to say 8.4 because there are four O's in good, good. Whoa. That's really high. He even has a, a reason for it, too. That's great. Go for it, Ryan. I love it. Voyager IPA uh, from Arvon Brewing Company. Um, I didn't give you any information before, so I will do it now. This is Arvon Brewing Company is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right. Division. That's all you need to know. Uh, 7.5%. This is uh, brewed with... Galaxy, Mosaic, and Citra hops. So it's it's loaded with all kinds of different hops there. Great combination. They they kill their IPAs. This is no different. Really, really good. Uh, like a bold flavor to it, but super easy to drink. It's not like too strong or anything like that. Um, smooth. I'm going to give it an 8.2, which is lower than it really should be, actually. Just because I, you're, you're, what, you're going wait, through what is the double. What what grade did I give the double? Because I'm, I gotta go a little bit lower. I than was that. actually that's what you're doing. That. I'm pretty sure I gave it an eight three. He's so. super strategic. <laughs> I knew that's what you were thinking. I'm like, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Good. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it's good with only two O's, which is why I gave it eight two. Oh man. That. <laughs> well, that's what you did. Voyager guys, one O. <laughs> oh, one O. So Whoa. eight point one. <laughs> All right, Micah, what are you drinking? From our good friends at Austin Brothers, I'm drinking their Big Merc, their Triple New England IPA. It's a 10%er. Um, it says it's uh, it's got insane amounts of citra and cryo citra hops. This cryo is means a, cold. Cryo. Frozen. Frozen cold. Betty, betty cold. Minus 70 to minus 80 degrees Celsius. Really? Yeah. Look it up. Coming from the scientist. <laughs> I like that. Well done. Thank you. Um, this is a good beer. Uh, I think you guys graded this what a while ago. What was the percentage of that one? 10%. And I did not get an opportunity to drink this, and I'm drinking it tonight, and it is very good. 8-3. Eight, 8-3. Three. Eight, three. So we got an 8-4, an 8-3, and an 8-2. Yep. Wow. Boom. Right, right in there. Wait, you're drinking Big Merc? Big, big Merc. Merc. Which one, one thing that I love it's about good, that can yeah, is the Big is. Mac like feel, but they call it Big Merc. Like I, I think that was just absolutely brilliant. Like I mean, they're always brilliant. Dude. I think Austin Austin Brothers does a, does a great job. Um, that was episode one twenty eight. That was the big one. That was like one we've been waiting for. Can't wait Michigan, for Michigan State. Big big uh, good good. Thank you guys for recording. Thank you all for watching live. Thank you all for listening after the fact. Go blue. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers, to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.